You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. The Panthers may have missed out on Deshaun Watson, but that doesn't mean that they have missed out on their quarterback. Holy cow. Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. Are the Carolina Panthers playing scared or are they shopping hungry? Tonight's C3 podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're going to chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. And there's never an off week, Cody Lashney. Never an off week. In fact, things are only brewing, 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 brewing towards the NFL draft. Never a dull moment, man, and especially when it comes to the Carolina Panthers being involved in so many different quarterback conversations. Tony, tonight you've put it in the thumbnail. We're going to be having a whole nother quarterback conversation that has already been the talk of Panther Nation. We're going to talk about all these big-time free agent signings that the Panthers have been doing, restructuring Christian McCaffrey happening just before the show, but Tony Dunn, as always, you know we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. You know them and love them. I'm talking about my man Drew, Alex Stark, Andre Jackson, Blake Bettis, Brad Dugan, Brad Holt, Chris, Lawrence Trevette, Panthers Rule, Peanut Butter Hero, Sideshow Rob, Tim Estes, Underground West, The Real Zero, chill tony dunn ain't nothing to it but to do it brother let's roll the number is 252-228-5098 you can call in and be a part of the show like my man ck is going to be part of the show tonight welcome back hey what's going on man i uh, listen i i don't know how many people got to watch the pro day 
And and there are a lot of people, you know, our, our boy Jason Hewitt would uh, probably be on this line of people that are going to have this bit of questioning around whether or not you put much behind it. But, man, it is hard to watch that and not get excited about the potential of what this guy can bring to the Carolina Panthers. I'm excited. I'm ready to talk about it. We can talk about the other people as well involved, but I'm I'm Malik Willis is my dude right now. See, I think that's why I named uh actually what was what was the name of the show we really wanted to do, CK? Because uh we have to play a little bit towards the analytics, but this is like with our back door or back door. Ugh. It's uh, just a our, play on words. Yeah, we were gonna there you go. our conversation our back conversation. Back the, the direct messages backstage, whatever backstage. yeah tell me um, yes thank you it was it Good. was uh, uh, it was kenny throw it or willis or what is it uh, willis be a bust or willis will, be a bust will yeah willis be a or uh, willie be a bust yeah willis be a bust or something like that yep um, yeah or i like that legacy be a bust or will his future be a bust yeah um so i mean i guess it continues to be this folks i've tried to tell you is until you have your quarterback um, that it, you we're in the land of no quarterback, so we want to be in the land of quarterback. That is basically what it comes down to. But there is a lot of fun things to talk about. I think when you bring up Jason Hewitt, guys, is uh maybe someone who is I guess that would be a conservative, cautious, cautionary tale right. of this. At the same time, is that um, are they playing scared? Like the title said are they right are they playing a little cautious and scared and that's the right perspective or are we shopping hungry by salivating over the idea of having our future quarterback so we'll be talking about that and like cody said free agency but we got to start off the show with deshaun watson the carolina panthers missed out on deshaun watson who ended up with the cleveland browns and we all followed this very quickly, guys. Like we or closely, should I say? Uh, we followed this closely, and the Houston Texans did what I told you probably had to be done to really get Deshaun Watson. It wasn't about the picks. He held so much leverage in this, Cody, that yeah. um, the Browns okayed ultimately trades with three different teams the Panthers included, like they said, fine, we're just ready to be done with this. We are happy with any of these three deals. And Deshaun Watson went crazy. And again, he he made everybody feel com- uncomfortable. Yep. And he pulled it out in front of us all and somehow landed a 230 or 40, 230 million fully guaranteed contract as part of his trade deal with the Cleveland Browns. Your thoughts, Cody? Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, if I'm being real, my initial reaction when looking at the trade was that's it. Really? That's it. Like we all knew that three first round picks was a foregone conclusion, but correct me if I'm wrong here. The entire conversation was around the Houston Texans wanting picks and players, and the Browns had to give up none of those things. So um, on on top of that, uh, you know, a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick, I mean, man, and the Browns get to keep their entire roster pretty much intact. I mean, listen, uh, I think that the Browns finally found their franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. As it relates to the Panthers, 
Um, I know many people are happy because now we don't have to give up the the draft picks and the potential players mm-hmm. that were rumored uh, to be a part of a, a, an initial trade. And I think Panther fans are happy to have that, you know. Um, granted, we know we don't have the quarterback position ironed out yet. We're going to talk about that a little bit later <clears throat> on tonight. Um, but ultimately, Tony Dunn, I have to look at this as a glass uh, half full instead of half empty because we were looking at the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons being the other two trade destinations involved for Deshaun Watson. So we were thinking that even if the Panthers didn't land Deshaun Watson, we were going to have to deal with them two times a year with our division rival. Thankfully, the Cleveland Browns prevented this from happening. At the end of the day, I really think, uh, you know, this this is a kind of a best-case scenario that many of us didn't see happening. CK, did we miss out or did we dodge a bullet? I think um, that, that's not going to be an easy question to answer for a while. I think, you know, there's a part of me that is almost relieved that we didn't trade for him. Um, there's obviously a level of disappointment, but when you uh, – the, the tough part about it is we don't know what the end result of this is going to be, right? We don't know if losing three first-round draft picks, having him being paid the amount of money that he's going to be paid – is going to ultimately destroy his his team moving forward, or if it's going to be, you know, non really not that much of a difference, right? Is it really going to be that little of an impact that it doesn't really matter? Um, and that I, I don't think any of us know the answer to that yet. I personally am of the mind I'm kind of feeling like we dodged a bullet. Um, you know, when you see the public's, you know, real opinion about this guy, and like, and and I talked about it on the Friday free for all as well. It feels, it feels, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. It felt slimy the way that it went down, right? And and I say that because, and I like I said, these are all talking points that we all kind of had on Friday Free For All. It felt like he said, all right, these guys are out. But when it came down to it, the Atlanta Falcons were giving him everything he asked for, but he just kept on coming back for more, Right. This is what I want. Okay, well, let, let's go ahead and try to get more out of him. And then just kept on doing it and kept on doing it and kept on doing it. And I don't blame him, right? He's he's in there for his job. But I'm sitting there thinking, don't you want to go to a contender? And aren't you, like, really hand, handicapping your your the team that you potentially go to by approaching this potential trade like this? Like, I kind of get it. But, dude, it just at the same time, the dude just is – I love the the best way I can describe is it felt felt slimy. It shows you the power power of money and power, right? Right? Is that because this type of it's like he's such a commodity, right? Um, of such a sparkling diamond in the case, in a way, but at the same time, it's like a blood diamond or Congo. What are those diamonds that uh, you can't get that? They're like from countries that you can't trade. Yeah, blood diamonds. Yeah, and like they're like a legal. He is like it is a cat. It's like a prize, but at the same time, it comes at such a cost. And the fact that he was able to parlay this into such a giant sum of money, it's not just the picks. And this is where I go back to the trade, Cody, is that you said uh, that's all he cost in a way. 
I think the way to think about this, I'm going to pull this comment down just for a second. And that is, if you look at the exchange right here, do you truly think that the Carolina Panthers couldn't offer a package to the Browns that was better than that? So we know, look, is that we could and we would have. Like, is that if the Houston Texans came back and said, this is what Cleveland offered us, can you beat it? The very fact is this, is they told Deshaun Watson, we will pay you this giant contract right here, and let's just get this sucker done. And the Cleveland Brown, I mean, and the Houston Texans were okay with it. And Deshaun Watson got a historic amount of money for the NFL, two hundred and thirty million, fully guaranteed. So he had just signed a contract when he basically sat out. Right. This dude got a giant damn raise, and I'm going to take the side. This we dodged a bullet. And if you're upset that I'm relieved at this point because I was. In, in in many ways, fielding the idea that Deshaun Watson would be a reasonable acquisition for the Carolina Panthers right. is I understand the monumental cost um, that it would have ca- that in draft capital. I get that. And I was OK with it. I could also understand people saying that that wasn't a good idea. Right. It is a gamble to a certain degree. But this is a gamble that I'm not comfortable taking for the Carolina Panthers paying this sum of money because one knee injury away, homie. And hasn't he had a knee injury? Yes. He had a knee injury his freshman year at Clemson and then his uh, rookie season in the NFL. So just think uh, about this. Is imagine if the Carolina Panthers packaged this same exact deal and then we paid him that sum of money and he got hurt in two years. Well, my question for you is this: the 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 rumor is is that on Thursday, the Houston Texans and Deshaun they reached back out to the Carolina Panthers, and they wanted the Carolina Panthers to guarantee the third and fourth year of Deshaun Watson's contract, and apparently the Carolina Panthers would not do it. I don't believe was, that. I mean, I don't believe that. For a I do may not believe it. it it's it was. I can understand. That would be silly because if he gets suspended next year, that's one year. Well, and did you see what the Browns did though? They made it where he's only going to be getting paid like a million oh, dollars yeah. next and year. And there's the slimy spot of what Cody's saying. If he gets suspended, well, when he gets suspended, he's not going to lose hardly any money. Like he I, I, won. I, I'm not. He like, won. He beat everybody. Oh, man. He, but he to, finish, to, to finish, to finish my, my thought to here, though, the, the, um, the lawsuit. Where the, the final, the final bit of news that came out is that the Carolina Panthers were not comfortable guaranteeing the third and fourth year of its contract. That doesn't make I any do sense. find that a little bit weird because of how aggressive David Tepper has been this whole time, and how much you gave up. And how much you would give up to get him if you gave three first round picks? Why? And he, you have to believe he's going to work out for that long. But let me ask you a question: Like, <laughs> like if, if you he can't even outlive the draft picks you gave up for him, like you have to believe that he is going to be playing in three years for you as your starting right. quarterback, and like who cares if it's guaranteed? He's probably going to sit out if he's doing real good. 
Can I ask I you a question? Do you yeah, think that, and so by that point, we know for a fact that Deshaun Watson had turned us down twice. And then he comes back to the, t- do you think there's a level of pride from Tepper saying like, no, you've already told us you weren't interested, not once, but twice. I'm not going to guarantee. I mean, I'm willing to do this, but I'm not going to guarantee that much. Like that's just at this point, do you think there's any level of pride involved with that for him? Like you didn't find us good enough. I didn't to- get that sense at all. Yeah, I didn't get that sense at all. I got David Tepper being at the, gentleman's club and that was the dancer and no matter how much it cost he was going to try to dance get the dance right i don't know i didn't get that like he was like i felt like we had already showed our cards and sold our hand out so much i I, if you want my read on it deshaun watson wanted that guaranteed yeah it was all about the money bro it was all about the money carolina panthers were to have been willing to do it, I think he would have waived his no trade clause and he'd be a Panther right now. Yeah, I, I think, think this is, I don't think we could afford to do that. No, I think the, here's the thing is that it's one thing to give up all that capital in draft picks and this and that, uh, and players and say, you're going to get this, but for this deal, you thought you were going to already just kind of live out his deal and see how it was after that. And that was like three years, basically, or something like that. Four more years. This is a, an extension and a raise. This made the, his price per year go up significantly. Yeah. Maybe not next year, bro. But if you're trying to tell me he's going to get 230 after that, and there's no way you get out of it. There's no way you get out of it. If it's guaranteed, if it's fully guaranteed, right? then... It goes with the trade. Like you can't get a lot, a ton of it off the trade. If like if he traded him, you can't cut him. Oh, they bet all of that. Like there's not like they're not gonna get. It's either Watson works or they lose all of that. Exactly. There's no other way to think about it. Let's jump into the cat calls real quick and see what. Um, we'll we'll take a couple of calls before we go on. We still have to talk about. Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett's pro days, the free agency acquisitions. Um, so there's a lot still to talk about. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Numbers 252-228-5098. Let's jump into the first call. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like Hey, Zay Lincoln in the chat. First time in a long time being able to watch you guys live and watch all these great Panther fans live. First, I'm happy Deshaun did not come to us or the NFC South. I have a couple of friends of mine, very close friends, that have been, they dealt with what he's been accused of on the receiving end, and it sort of put bad taste in my mouth. So I'm going to say, I'm loving these free agency. It's been great. I still think trade back first, middle, first round. Hopefully, Will will fall there. I don't like Kenny Pickett. The, the water, hands, dropping it, don't like it. But let's hear what you're hearing. And as a link, keep pounding. Man, keep thanks pounding. for the call. Great call. We're going to talk on all three of those points. Let's get through one more call, and then we'll react to both. What's up, D3? is no one here. What's up, no I don't think 
that we're going to probably get Malik Willis. I mean, I saw his um, pro day today, and it was pretty good. I mean, amazing. But if we don't get him, I think we should go for Kenny Pickett. And we have to see what's going on for there. And, I mean, I have a promising season for the Carolina Panthers today, for this year. I mean, all the trades and all this other stuff that we're doing, I think this will be a good season for Carolina Panthers. All right, keep turning. Let me know what you think. There's Noah here. Big time call. Big Thank you, time, Noah. Um, guys, we've got a great great way to start off the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Uh, first caller, um, we've already touched on this, Sean Watson, but he brought up the free agents. As, yeah. um, so we've had some free agent acquisitions or at least some changes uh, since we were here on, this la- on last week's yep. show. I think... Um, Tell me what's happened over the past week. I mean, I know we re-signed Dante. That was late, later. That was Saturday, um, I believe. Saturday. Okay. And then what else did we do in between? We got a little Littleton dude. Isn't that his name? Yeah. Also, the- you also didn't uh, get the opportunity to speak on the DJ Moore extension. Um, oh, yeah. Which is something what? that happened. Dante Jackson got re-signed. Um, you know, that's someone that, I don't think any of us thought that we were going to be retaining. I think mm-hmm. most of us kind of felt like oh, the Bozeman was as good as don't, but was as good as gone. Yeah, Bozeman um, was another big. That time. was after us. All the free agency inf- um, stuff dropped after the show. We had some yeah. minor pickups before. Um, who did we get before Tuesday? Maybe I guess it was we got that safety. Yeah, we have Xavier Woods. We added Xavier Woods. We added um, uh, De- uh, Deontay Foreman, yep. the the running back who played yep. for the for the Texas and a guard players. from. Didn't we get a guard or center from? Who did we get from the Rams? Oh, that's um, uh, Austin Corbett. Austin Corbett. Yeah. So we got Corbett, and then we got Bozeman. Bozeman. Mm-hmm. Bozeman. Bozeman is that how you say it? And yeah. uh, comes from the Ravens, so he plays center, correct? Yes. Um, yes. can play guard too. I've seen him make both guard and center, but still, he's probably he's going to be our starting center. Yeah, then you have Taylor know. Moten. Think about that. You got Taylor Moten, Austin Corbett, Bozeman, and then you can have Brady Christensen, Deontay Brown. Hopefully, those guys are going to play an important role. And, uh, I mean, there's still some opportunity to add to that. Then we bring back Dante Jackson. A lot of people have been excited about this free agent, these free agent acquisitions. Um, Higgins as well, the receiver prospect. Just I don't care Brown. about that. Is that one that you care about at all? I mean, I think he's a good receiver. I know, I know a little bit more about him than most because I had to do some write-ups about him for Draft Tech once upon a time. Um, so I've kind of followed him for a little while. And yeah, I think that he is a good receiver uh, addition. Is it feels like a David Moore proven. signing to me? Um, I think it'll be a little bit bigger than David Moore. Um, you remember we, we thought he was coming from Seattle with Fitter, and then it didn't work out or whatever. Like, I mean, he was here. He was a free agent. We brought him in, and then we just like cut him before camp was over, or at by, at the end of the camp. That's what the Higgins one feels like to me. So, what was, so what's your what's your read of this free agent uh, signings 
that the Panthers have made, Tony. But but which one sticks out to you? I mean, re, I mean, DJ Dante. What what say you, man? I don't think it's a specific a specific signing that is um, exciting to me. Like, I don't think there's one signing alone that I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Right. I'm not trying to dump on these guys. Maybe the Bozeman. Like, I like these offensive linemen. Um, but here, I think there's certain qualities to these free agent signings that have been attractive to me. Uh, number one, none of these guys are that I have heard are coming off an of injury. Right. And um, in the past, when we've tried to bring in players, particularly on the offensive line, and they have been suffering from injuries in the past or coming off of one, um, I can think of three specifically, Matt Khalil, Matt Paradis, and also who was the Cam Irving. All these guys are all dealing with injuries and crap right. in their past. And then, so you're hoping they're going to be good. They haven't been dominant. They're not the top, top names in the league in, many, right. in any way. And you're hoping they're going to be good and healthy. And them dealing with everybody's like Khalil's hip. It took them all a year. Paradis, his first year wasn't fantastic. And then his second year, he was good. And then the third year, he wasn't. But he was coming off of that injury. Right. The same thing with Matt Khalil. And I and Irvin wasn't good either. He wasn't the worst player I've seen either. But he was not good. Um, So none of these guys have that injury component. And then the second characteristic that is really that I like about this free agent class is that none of them are terribly expensive. Right. Yeah. You know, we didn't, uh, I feel like we got pretty good players on reasonable contracts for them, but no one, we, we didn't just like uh, that Matt Khalil contract was like the contract. And then we had to get like, it was like, here you get one nice toy at the, at the toy store. Right. And then you got to get that cheap candy on the way out the door. This case, I felt like we got like three quality toys. Yeah. Um, like this is what I would coach my kid up to do at the toy store instead of blowing his money on like crappy things that are going to break and one big expensive stupid item. Toys that I, he knows he's going to be able to play with, but he's also going to, you know, ha have a good time with. I think I want to add more into that. Like, it's not even just that. The majority of these guys are coming from winning situations, right? Like, the yes, other than true. Xavier Woods, who isn't in, in the worst type of a situation, like, wasn't, like, they were, he's in the Vikings, right? They were already dealing with a lot of upheaval there. But, I mean, for the most part, all these guys are coming from Super Bowl winners or, like, contenders. Like, they're, they're people that have legitimate, um, you know, I, I guess culture that they they've seen a winning culture at is what I mean. Yes, they're not scrubs. Right. Like they haven't been dudes that were just hype, right? Because of again, go back to Cam Irving and Matt Khalil. Right. They just had big names and prospects that came along with them. Holy cow, this light just came on out of nowhere. Um. So I agree with that. Is that these are the things I like about this free agency class is that it's not ridiculous. And you know what? I don't think that we should celebrate it too much either just yet. Right. 
I, mean, I don't want to give them is. too much credit, Cody, for going and getting an offensive lineman that don't entirely suck. We could have done that three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, but yes, I'm glad we got offensive linemen. We didn't do anything stupid. We didn't get anybody that was injury stuff. And no contract killed us. And I think even us chasing, maybe the Deshaun Watson chase kept us level-headed. I mean, I think it kept us level-headed, but I think for the most part, you know, if you want to be hesitant about, you know, this free agent class, I hear you. That's fine, man. I mean, I think one of the things that we've said for the past year or more is that we're wanting everyone to prove it. We're not giving anyone congratulations or adulations about what they might be able to do. They have to go and actually prove it. With that being said, I think when you look at this free agency class, I genuinely believe that this is Scott Fitterer more in charge of the Carolina Panthers organization than than Matt Rule, frankly. I, I think David Tepper said that uh, Matt Rule couldn't possibly have as much power going into this third year as he has had previously. And you just hired Scott Fitterer to be your general manager. Let him go. Let him make deals. And I feel like that's what you've been looking at. None of the signings are, as you said. Like Even DJ jump. Moore didn't get overpaid. Yeah, I mean, no one got overpaid. None of the guys that we brought in jump off the page at you. But they're all serviceable players. That And I don't want to just say serviceable. They're good football players that fit a position of need for yep. us and a lot of different positions of need. Free safety was a big-time position of need. Filled that with Xavier Woods, signed two linebackers, which was an incredible deficit for us in our linebacking core, and we signed two offensive linemen to go with the young guys that we're hopeful about in Christensen and Deontay Brown. You add Bozeman and Corbett to that mix, and let me tell you, man, that offensive line all of a sudden looks far more ready to go than whatever the Panthers were trying out on the field last year. So I, I really do think this has been a good class so far. Um, I'm, I, I'm even happy to have uh, Dante Jackson back in a way that I didn't think I, I, I would, Tony. A lot of people have a short memory and tend to forget that early in the year last year, Dante Jackson was flying around the field like a heat-seeking missile, making plays on the football. He had done a lot of work to clean up his tackling and making sure that there weren't uh, missed. He was getting he was getting better, dude. And when I say getting better, sure. like he jumped a lot. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. If there's one success story under the Matt Rule era, it might be Dante Jackson. He might be the only player that got better. Sure. Um, right. in the whole time, the Dante Jackson narrative will continue to be much like the Curtis Samuel one, and that is, it's not about his play; it's about his health. Right. Um, and we'll see if he can stay healthy. Let's go to one more call. I think this call is about free agency. We'll stick on the same topic. What's going on, fellas? It's uh, Corey calling in. Just wanted to uh, give my give my take, I guess, on the last week or so of uh, moves that we've been seeing. Um, I like the moves by the team, man. I, I think uh, Fitter is he's really, he's really showing showing us you know, something that we can get behind. I'm still confident in us, man. We're we're keeping a strong core. You know, DJ's coming back. Uh, Dante's coming back. 
Um, maybe a little bit of an overpay with Dante, but but honestly, I'm I'm not mad at it. Um, I don't, I don't think it's too bad of a deal. I saw what Stephon Gilmore just got with uh, or what 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 he's supposed to be supposed to be getting with Vegas, and uh, I'm glad he's I'm I'm glad he's getting his money, man. I'm I'm, I'm glad it's not us that we're giving it to him, man. Like I, I want Stephon Gilmore on the team, but not for you know 16 million mm-hmm. a year at you know 30 I agree. years old or. Whatever he's gonna be, I don't know. I might be talking my ass, but I I think it was just a little bit expensive for somebody his age. I I, I like the moves we're making, um, but but I think right now we're we're setting ourselves up to have a lot more freedom in the draft. I was having a conversation with my buddy, and and really I I think honestly we put ourselves in a position now to where our O line is, is can look respectable going to the next season. It's gonna look like an actual NFL offensive line, so we're yeah. not you know. Uh, uh, strapping ourselves to potentially reach for somebody at six. I think we can actually go BPA, you know, at six, uh, whoever's going to be there, just, just getting the best player available. I, I don't really condone trading back unless we can stay within, I guess, like I said, like a top 11 and get a second and a third round pick, then I will be all for trading back. But really only, 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 only to get a second round pick and staying, you know, in the top third i guess i, I, God, I would need almost need more than just the second to, to have the luxury of trading back um so i think we can honestly go bpa um you know best it's a good best call we maybe just get the best tackle available um i i think malik willis i'm not gonna lie I all right i'm gonna stop the call right there we're gonna continue to talk about all of that i just don't want to take too much fantastic call want to clap on that one i agree with so many of the points there yeah. um we he's he's hit on a lot of important points about free agency, but he's talking about how that goes with the draft. We had Noah talking earlier as well that there was some pro days over the last two two days. Yesterday was Kenny Pickett. Um, today was Malik Willis. Yep. And uh, so we'll start with Kenny Pickett. And basically, the show is about this: is that now that Deshaun Watson is not part of the equation. You see um, some moves about Matt Ryan to Indianapolis, Mariota to the Falcons. We'll talk about that more in detail later in the show. But as these quarterback, as the quarterback saga kind of starts to filter out a little bit, the Carolina Panthers, we know that they're more and more interested in obtaining that quarterback. So they have been all eyes on these guys. In fact, the entire front offices have attended i believe both of these pro days i know it for sure with the picket one fitterer mcadoo rule i wonder if tepper was there i didn't see that if he was part no, of the deal no i didn't see tepper at any of them but he's he's definitely been a uh the panthers presence have loomed large at all these pro days let's just say that in, in fact uh behind candy Pickett and behind malik willis uh, yesterday and today, you can see Matt Rule. You can see Ben McAdoo. Uh, you know, uh, basically looking at, at these quarterbacks, showing what they have on display. You see right here, Kenny Pickett, uh, just playing some arm talent. Man, he had a good sixty-yard bomb on his pro uh, during his pro day. You know, he uh, he's really high though. Right, I mean, right there. Last, but yeah. hey, look, I mean, that's, that's what Wilson. That's what Russell that's Wilson does. Russell Wilson has that that really high, you know, drop it in a basket style. 
deep ball. And I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I think, you know, when you're comparing a lot of these, you know, quarterback prospects, you know, when you look at someone like, for example, Matt Jones coming out last year, had a good season for the Patriots. I, I personally think uh, Kenny Pickett has higher physical upside than, Agreed. Than, than Matt Jones does. Agreed. I, I he, Agreed. I think he has better legs. I think he has uh, plus arm talent um, and his ability to be able to make throws yep. off platform, to be able to roll out in the pocket. Uh, I think he offers more from that standpoint than uh, – than Mac Jones did did last year. Um, One hundred. He's more mobile. He's more mobile and just. I mean, he's he's more athletic than Mac Jones, sure. and he can do physically everything Mac Jones can do. The only question you would just say is, did make Mac Jones' success at Alabama outweigh Pickett's success at Pittsburgh? And Pickett, uh, despite his team around him not being. I mean, look, Mac Jones played on the best team in the le- in college football, arguably. Like, I mean, he's surrounded by a ton of talent. So I don't yeah. think there's any. I think this is that if this was a two-quarterback draft here, Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett, um, I think there would be a lot of people saying Kenny Pickett should be picked over Mac Jones. But that is not what the draft is this year. And, uh, by the way, Kenny Pickett's hands – Turned out to be an eighth of an inch longer. And his pro day, he's just magically found an eighth of an inch. Uh, Which, by the way, is how cool is that? It's like you know what an eighth of an inch is. It's like a long fingernail. Yeah, Um, it's it's, the the whole conversation (laughs) around hands has honestly gotten kind of dumb to me. Well, the Panthers I mean, were interested in it. You saw, you put that image up my, of Scott Fitterer the, looking at how he held the football without the glove, mind you. The word on the street is that that wasn't Scott's doing. That was somebody who brought Pickett over to them to show them his hand size. Like, I guess there was probably, because of their, it, number one, I don't He didn't look away, though, did he? No. My, he didn't look problem, away. He was like, but, but Tony, the problem <laughs> is, is like, I think there's a legitimate concern with hand size. I agree. There, I there agree. hasn't been a single good, like, or let me rephrase. There hasn't been a single great quarterback that has had a hand size that, that of, of, of smaller than what? Nine inches. And he's at eight and a half. I, I want, actually, I need the chat to answer that is what is a quarterback? Who is the most successful under nine inch hand? quarterback in football right. history i think it's a legitimate question to ask i don't think he should be excluded because of his hand size right I but think, i do I think, think it's, it's legitimate to to, it's similar to the height the right height, you yeah know, if we can talk about somebody's height we should be able to talk about their hand size right like and, and i think they're both like legitimate concerns like i think there's still concern with that and you know other people might have other concerns like you know panther rule right there saying so mike has, vick you know Mike, yeah, but I mean, even with that, they, they like, and I can't remember what the what the exact statistic is. It might be more than nine, you know, it might be like ten inches or I don't know what the normal. Mike Vick had eight and, and a half, eight and a half uh, inch hands. He yeah. was also a smaller guy, though. Right, he wasn't as tall and big as Pickett is. So Pickett's got that weird joint. I think that's part of it. That's a little bit to do with it. Mm. He throws with the gloves. Um, 
but and it's really not about the hand sizes like maybe the difference between the college football and the pro football like that's what you're kind of interested in seeing how they handle right. and things i don't think it should preclude him from uh consideration by any means right. or make his stock that much different i would agree with that. um you should probably think about it though at the same time kenny pickett had a good pro day and what he displayed, I think he tried to throw, show he could throw deep. So I think some of the questions yeah. that come with Kenny Pickett are not about um, the, it's just about upside. Right. It's just about, is this what we're getting? And he's not going to, and he, and this is kind of like closer to the best inter- iteration of him. Or could he actually get, sort of dominant in a way. And I think being able to throw deep and showing he's more than just an intermediate passer was important. And I think they featured that a lot. And I would say I came out of yesterday's pro day going, I don't think his arm talent should be of concern to me anymore. I'm trying to put that to rest. I'm trying to say this is that just because he doesn't have the biggest bazooka in the history of man, I think he showed he could make, the throws we need him to make. Yeah, I mean, listen, and more. I, would put, I would put Kenny Pickett's arm talent on par with like a Joe Burrow or a Deshaun Watson. Neither of those oh, wow. guys. Wow. No, I mean, really, because I would say, neither, right, I would, neither, say, uh, I would give it to Joe a Joe Burrow, Burrow maybe or, Baker Mayfield type. But look, neither Joe Burrow, no, I'd say stronger than Mayfield too. Joe Burrow or Deshaun Watson, they weren't known for their arm talent when they were being drafted. It was right. just they had they have that that confidence, that ability, and they're not afraid. It's one thing if you can't push the ball downfield. It's a whole right. other thing if you're not willing to, i.e. Teddy Bridgewater for right. us uh, a, a season or two ago. So or even maybe yeah. a Sam Darnold in and certain when ways. You like look, head when case. you look at when you look at what Kenny uh Pickett was able to do on film the dude has gusto, man. He can throw on the run and is not afraid to push the ball downfield. I saw him shred my Clemson Tigers defense, and Clemson's defense was still one of the higher-rated defenses in all of college football this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be a- a- opposed to taking him, but now we're going to move on to the next part of this conversation here. Today, another pro day today, Malik Willis comes out. And um, I feel like we both both of these people's stock went up. Oh, Malik today Willis and yesterday, I think tenfold, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah. You know, he continues to impress me the most when he's got the microphone in his hand. Like I feel like he is like ready to be a franchise guy. Dude has an absolute missile launcher for, for an arm. I mean, he has the type of talent uh, that's on par with what we saw with Trey Lance and Zach Wilson even last year. He has a big-time arm. And we really need to start to have a conversation about this, man, because what I think you've seen over the past few years is that no one has a crystal ball into the future, right? Mm-hmm. So inevitably, you're gambling that these players – are going to end up being good NFL football players. So when you're drafting a quarterback, you're gambling on traits. This is what Justin Herbert had. This is what uh, Josh Allen had. They had all the traits 
that you can project into the future with a good coaching staff and with a good support cast around him, you bet on the upside talent and the upside quarterback. I genuinely believe that Malik Willis is that quarterback in this year's draft. He did not have an NFL wide receiver that he was throwing to when he was playing at Liberty. He was playing in a terrible offensive scheme. He had no real NFL pass protectors. And they would throw these bubble screens that would pump fake uh, to the sideline to try and manufacture over-the-top yards and, and try and scam guys open downfield. Malink Willis, he isn't a complete prospect yet. I understand that. But if you put talent around him, like a Christian McCaffrey, like a DJ Moore, like a Robbie Anderson, it's very easy to see Malik Willis being the quarterback that takes a big-time step in the right way and potentially for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, now Um, there are very real talks that Malik Willis is potentially going to be the pick for the Panthers at six if he is there. So I think it's more than a potential. I think it's a likelihood. I mean, just based on on the arm and the fact that the comparables right now that I would say we can draw is Josh Allen. Josh Allen was never given a shot as a young, you know, guy. He he had to fight for every single opportunity True. he has gotten. And I think you see a little bit of that with Malik Willis. Malik Willis has been, you know, basically counted out for every step of the way. I mean, let's be honest, Liberty is 45 minutes away from me. Liberty, I will tell you, five years ago, this would have never happened, right? We would have never had a guy who is going to be a quarterback. Like, he didn't come to Liberty with the idea. Why didn't we go to their pro day today? We did. No, like you and I. Dude, I would have loved to. I don't know how how you get into it, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I I, I tagged, uh, (laughs) I tweeted at uh, Carolina, I said, uh, hey, if the boys are going to be in uh, Lynchburg today, that's my neck of the woods. If you guys need an extra, uh, an extra, uh, uh, eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but like, it's, it is one of those things where it's, it, I, like I said, I'm looking at the guy, he hasn't done anything the easy way. He transferred from Auburn to be over here at, at, at Liberty. Right. I, yes. I mean, it, this, it, the, the dude isn't like given anything. He has fought every step of the way. And at this point in time, he's showing out and he's, you know, as as some people have, you have heard said, him speak, dude is just incredible. Like he is more polished and put mm-hmm. together and level headed. And so, what I would say is this: is that what the typical concern from a player that's coming from a smaller school mm-hmm. that hasn't been in more complicated systems. Uh, and have bigger stages of pressure and whatever it may be, right? Is that there's sort of a question of, is the stage going to be too big for you? Right. The money, the cameras, the attention. I listen to Malik Willis speak, and I watch him, um, how he interacts with people, how he approaches the game his demeanor, his attitude. And I can't think of a better presentation to put together. Like if I, like, I mean, I'm telling you what I think is this, is that if your concern with Malik Willis is that he hasn't 
played in more complicated systems. Right. I think he's displayed to me that I have no concern about his aptitude, his desire. Yes. Like I would be like, is this, is it would be one thing if you were trying to get a player from a small school who was very athletic, but you had concerns about like, right. Could you, I, I feel like he could teach, like he could just, he's going to walk in and fit in and be a professional from day one. Like I have zero concern with that. And then on top of that, he is all of the, I think he's going to be able to handle the leadership role. No problem. I think people, I gravitate to him. I think he's got charisma. Right. I think it feels authentic. So that to me is the most attractive part about it. But then on top of that, he's got the intangible physical skills. He's got the intangible but he also, like you said, he he looks incredible. But, I mean, the dude is not even, like you said, it's not even the football. The dude didn't look like he was too nervous, right? He Yeah. The, the spotlight wasn't too big for him. And I know that seems like a, a weird thing to say for a college quarterback, but this is Liberty University. And when I tell you guys, like, a lot of you probably don't even know what Liberty University is. Like, it is, it's one of the most, like, it's 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 one of the bigger universities around here. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a very regional university. Not when it comes to football. Right. How about that? It might be important in the area right. as a school, but it's not like this is the biggest pro day they have ever had. Biggest they've ever had. And and this is the, this will be the first quarterback they've ever had drafted in the NFL. Right? So, I mean, the, the, the fact that this dude's coming from this situation, like you can sit there and talk about he doesn't read through his progressions, well, let's get him in front of an actual, uh, you know, to learn an actual NFL system, and then we can make a decision about what. There's nothing, nothing to me that suggests, right, that teaching him the system would be the challenge. Exactly. By nothing the way, I wanted, to, I wanted to mention here that it, it bears repeating that uh, Malik Willis had the highest Wonderlic score. Out of, the uh, uh, of of the quarterbacks with a, with the thirty two, and by the way, one of my claim to fame is I called Justin Herbert was going to be a really good quarterback. Part of the reason why I did was because even though there was a lot of deficiencies on his college film, he was a four biology major. Like there are some guys that you have to be willing to bet on long term. Right. It goes back to traits. You're betting on traits that you can project into the future as being a franchise quarterback. Look at how he's leading his teammates on right there. A it didn't feel ago, like braggadocious either. It feels it, it, it was effortless for him. This man yeah. is an incredibly intelligent young man. Love and it. I wanted, and I wanted his to bring acumen, this up. dude, is what I think is a strength. For sure. I wanted to bring this up. Jeff R in the chat room. He says, Don't fall for it, fellas. Malik Willis does not go through his progressions. He's strong and athletic, but that's not going to help us. We need a good decision maker. Well, they also said this about Deshaun Watson. They also said this about Lamar Jackson. They about also Cam said Newton. this about they also said this about Cam Newton, about Justin Herbert. And here's what I'm going to tell you, Jeff. Just because Malik Willis was not in a system that asked him to do a lot of NFL things doesn't mean that Malik Willis is incapable of doing it. it exactly. Just means, it exactly. just means that he needs some time to ingratiate himself to an NFL football system. And when you look at the intangibles, 
when you look at the leadership, the high IQ, mm -hmm. I have no reason to believe that Malik Willis won't be able to pick up all the complexities of an NFL pro-style playbook. I have no trepidations at all. And then to add on top of that, too, when, when you realize that there was no real offensive help for Malik on that football team, it's not hard to blame him when he was their biggest weapon on the football team running the football with his feet. So I a have lot to of times – yeah, go ahead. I want to say this, is that Cam Newton had to go to junior college because of some issues, and he went and won that junior college national championship. Then he won the national championship the next year. I got to tell you this, is that if I had Cam Newton at a junior college – I could do a bunch of complicated shit and win, but I could also run the same play every time and win the in the national yeah. championship without fail. I feel like it's like a middle school team where you got an athlete who is far superior than everybody. Yeah, you can do some fancy crap if you wanted to, but you could also just say, give it that dude every time. And these programs want to yeah. win. Yeah. These programs yeah. want to win. Why would they want to do anything more than just throw to the first? We're going to get 10 yards every time. Bam, yes. bam, bam. Why would they be like, oh, well, we need you to run through your progressions. No, the only reason you have to do that is because everybody else around them is so much better. Yeah. Now, I understand that's a concern for people. Before we move on to this topic, because I got some tough questions for you guys. And, and Cody, you brought a lot of this to the forefront on Twitter. Yeah. What is, just answer this question for me. What is the difference between Malik Willis and Trey Lance and Josh Allen other than height? I mean, really, there's not too much. You're talking about guys that did not play against good competition and therefore did not play with or against said good competition. Uh, you're talking about elite physical skill set right. uh, from all three of them. And not a lot of them had a bunch of time starting uh, playing college football. That was the knock on Trey Lance, too. Uh, you know, COVID, he didn't play that entire year. He was great the year before, but it just didn't have a lot of time to show. That's why the 49ers wanted him to sit a year behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think, uh, you know, that that is a very good comparison that you make with, with Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. I'm going to throw Zach Wilson into that. Into there, there's that another one. Let's too. do that. Yeah. How about yeah, Zach, yeah, let's talk yeah, about that. Zach What's Wilson the difference other than it. height? How how and and Zach Wilson ain't terribly tall, is he? He's not like six three. I think yeah, with I think Trey Lance, as he's like got the prototypical skill set, like he is like designed quarterback, right? Is like is that the only thing about Malik Willis that I can see that's different than those dudes is the height, and if that is the case, then we have to start talking about is it the complicatedness. Uh, like, is the the talent, are you too worried about taking a risk on a guy that came from a small school? But we can throw out names like Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, Trey Lance. Was San Francisco out of their mind 
by trading for Trey Lance. Like, is Malik Willis that much more of a gamble than a Trey Lance was? And I'm wondering what the real difference is. He would, that was the question going through reads. He didn't have to do those things. So you hear all of that. You think all of that. Now you can make the other comparison. I want to say this is what's the difference between Malik Willis and Kyler Murray? I think Kyler has better uh, straight line speed just in a 40 time. Okay, so athleticism, you're going to say athleticism, but what's real different as a passer? And you would have to say that Kyler Murray is just more capable of running these West Coast style offense or whatever that. Well, but this Cliff Clings very, very run. But yes and no, though. So, for example, uh, Malik Willis is built a lot thicker than Kyler Murray. So yeah. while Kyler, Kyler Murray is going to run away from you, whereas Malik Willis has no problem running right through you. And he seems to me like he probably runs a a, a, a mid 4-4. I don't think he's as fast as some people make him out to be on film. I, I think he's about a, a high 4-4, mid 4-4 type of runner. Uh, he chose not to run the 40 times at the combine or the pro day, just did the uh, – you know, throwing the football. Um, and I think he has a, a point that he wants to prove that he can play under center. The NFL playbook is not too big for him. And listen, I mean, I, I think this sentiment has been echoed before, but I'll say it out loud right now. Dude, sign Cam Newton to a one-year contract mm-hmm. that that's short-term, and then you let Malik Willis sit and learn under Don't Cam Newton for Don't one listen year. To him, and by folks. the way, you have that rebuilt offensive line that the Panthers are now working with, with Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, Brady Christensen is going to be in there. Deontay Brown is going to be in there some at some point in time. Run it back with Cam for one more year. You know you're going to be able to have Sam Darnold too. So you have two backup quarterbacks. So that way you're not in a scenario where you have to force Malik Willis onto the field because I do think he probably needs a little bit of development uh, coming into the NFL right now, and that's not that's not you know a bad thing. He just needs a little more polish. But when you look at the skill set and everything that this man is able to do, he has all the makings of a superstar franchise quarterback. Well, if that's the case. Um... And I don't even buy into that he needs any more time than any of these other prospects needed. You know, so, I mean, if you wanted to say you need to sit Josh Allen, yeah, Josh Allen, um, you know, I don't know even if that's the case. Like, I don't feel like he's behind in comparison to some of these other guys. Um, I don't think that him starting from day one will be easy either for him. I don't think if the Carolina Panthers were able to draft him at six that – that would be the exact plan either is that we have to have him starting from day one, but there would be a sense that I promise you this is that if he's doing real well in the meetings and this and that, and you get in the camp and he has some good preseason time, they might be like, Hey, who gives a shit? But the real question at this point is not the real, it's one question I think is important to ask is will Malik Willis even, or Kenny Pickett where they last to six. And here's the thing is that the Carolina Panthers um, are 
you know, they're kind of, they're in a good spot in that there's only one team ahead of them that could potentially just be a natural quarterback fit. And that's Detroit. So maybe Detroit falls in love one of these with one of these guys. But if you don't believe Detroit is in love one of the, with one of these guys, you also got to believe that Detroit is a trade partner. Sure. Um, and then you also have to think that the team ahead of us, five, who is that? Is it the Giants? Giants are five. That they could be a trade target for a team that wanted a quarterback. So there are two teams that are legitimate or two spots that the Panthers have to be watching as threats if they are interested, if they're really in love with one of these guys. Right. So there's a chance that a quarterback gets picked before them. So the question is now that leads to you. What do you do? Do you just hope that one of these guys falls or what? And Cody, you brought this up. You were the first one. I'm yeah. going to give you a lot of credit for this is that you recognize that this is an issue. It might not be something that people like, but it's a reality that you might like a guy, but he might not be there at six. Right. He might not. And and this is something that the Panthers are going to have to ask themselves because, Tony, let's just say that Scott Federer and Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo, they all think that Pickett is the guy and that he is our franchise quarterback. Mind you, this is a bunch that just lost out on uh, Deshaun Watson after battling for him for a year, right? If they're head over heels in love with a player like Malik Willis, you also have to consider the Atlanta Falcons sitting at eight might have their Yep. Especially seeing as how Matt Ryan is no longer with the Falcons. Marcus Mariota is the quarterback, and no one really trusts him to be their long-term answer. Uh, how about Seattle? Drew Locke is their quarterback. That's not necessarily a long-term answer. They're mm-hmm. sitting... Uh, right near us, I believe at like seven or eight or nine, something like that. Then, as you mentioned earlier, the Detroit Lions might say, you know what? He might need a little while. We'll run with Jared Goff for one year and let Malik Willis sit behind him. But I oh, said God, on- that's like a perfect scenario. They're yeah. in a great spot to do that. And what I said today on, on Twitter, and people wanted to clown me and make fun, dude, If you're a general manager, you have to do your due diligence. I said that if I'm Fitterer, I'm on the phone to Jacksonville seeing what that number one pick costs. I'm not saying that the Panthers need to trade for the number one pick. But what I am saying is that if the Panthers want to be ahead of all these other rivals that are going to potentially be in the market for a quarterback, if they're in love, with Malik Willis, then they better know the asking prices of all the teams in front of them that might be willing to trade down. Can I ask you, I want to ask it to you in this way. I think when we, when you talk in that terminology, I mean, because there is a trade that would have to occur the same thing with Deshaun Watson or whatever, or even last year when you've, you know, you're talking about going after Trevor Lawrence and this, is that the argument is is the capital that you have to give up 
worth what you're getting. So here's another way I want to frame it to you is what if the Carolina Panthers had the number one pick in the draft this year naturally? What if we had the same circumstances of our lineup, our coach, free agency, but we just happened to be the number one pick in the draft? Who would you pick? So if you didn't have to give up anything to have that number one pick, what is the pick that the Carolina Panthers should make? And I got to argue this is that there's a legitimate argument for taking Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, who are you? What are you going to tell me? You're going to just tell me that are the four, three left tackles in front of us. I would say I could, I would not tell you that those guys sucked, but like, would you, would it be ridiculous for you to pick a quarterback, even with one of those players in the, in also like in your face, I'm going to say this is I would not. Do you think if the Panthers passed on, say they were at like the third pick, what if we were the third pick and we passed on that safety and drafted Malik Willis? Would you be like, oh, that's a terrible thing? Or even Kenny Pickett? Like you're going to get your guy or you not because you don't get a pick for a bazillion more picks. Who would you pick over? Who would you pick number one if you were the Panthers right now? No trade. Tell me the player. I mean, if I'm picking number one, dude, that that's tough, man. Again, I, I see the point that you're making. If you're the Panthers and you need your franchise quarterback and you like a guy, I mean, what's the point of trading back? You're not guaranteed to get him. Right. There's gonna there's gonna be a you know team. No, that, you can't trade back. That's my my thing to you is yeah, this. So in this scenario, like, in this that. thought experiment, you have to pick. You get one pick, and one it's your pick. You're the first pick in the fucking draft. You get one person, and that's your option. Who do you pick? And, yeah, somebody could say an offensive lineman, but you would not be ridiculous. You might still pick Malik Willis. You might still do that. I would say this. I think I would. And you could argue that Kenny Pickett, should be it. And I would say, I disagree. I'd rather try to go with the upside, dude. I feel like that's kind of Cam Newton versus Blaine Gabbert type talk. It's like, oh, this these tropes of them being better and more prepared, which I don't believe. I believe that when you put great players out there, people can win. So I don't know who I would pick. Is You could say, oh, look, you're trying to tell me what? That guy from state? That guard? That, what He had limitations. People are saying, "Oh, we haven't seen uh, him." Uh, it came at corner. Yeah, tell me yeah. the tell who's the number one. Who's forecast to be the number one pick? In I the mean, right, right now, now. I mean, look, knowing how valuable quarterbacks are. Look at this. He you, says C three losing credibility. Tell me, I'm just asking a question, Matt David. Matt David, I'm calling you out. If we had the number one pick in the draft, no, we didn't have to trade for it. Who is the player you would pick? And you don't get to say trade back. That's what you don't do. Yeah, and you have to tell me a name. You don't tell me a position. Tell me the name of the player. Yeah, and you know, Tony, this is going to be the narrative that you know if we're if we're fans of Malik Willis, this is going to be the narrative 
going forward is that, you know, even someone like Chris Sims, who put out his quarterback rankings recently, said that he wouldn't use a top 10 pick on Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. So the narrative that we're going to have to go up against when you're going to draft, uh, you know, these guys, but specifically Willis, is that there is enough glaring holes on the film that should make someone hesitant for taking these said players. And, hey, if people want to call me crazy now, that's fine, man. You're gambling on traits that will translate into a future franchise quarterback. When you look at Malik Willis on and off the football field, he does nothing but continuously check those boxes. So, I mean, at at a certain point in time, the Panthers are going to have to do like everyone else, draft a quarterback on a young rookie contract, and build around him. Yeah, my question, I guess... Right now, we all can agree the way to approach the draft is to be able to build your team up to be able to pick the best player available, right? That's the the goal that everybody has, every single GM, everything. What do the Panthers need to do to make sure that they do pick the best player available at six? And is it a quarterback? Because I think we can all kind of look at this and say, there's not a lot of evidence saying these guys are in a, in a vacuum top 10 draft, like top 10 quality quarterbacks right now. We just don't know, right? But uh, like, if if you're looking at best player available, your top ten players, what do we need to do between now and the draft to make sure we aren't having to reach for a quarterback that people say isn't uh, a number six worthy? I that's what I'm kind of asking is, uh, and I feel like is that if we just look at this, is that if the Panthers could pick any player right now on this list mm-hmm. would they pick would you pick Aiden Hutchinson or one of these quarterbacks and you don't get to pick again till the third I mean knowing how bad our quarterback situation is is he gonna be the, really is he gonna be dominant to. is Aiden Hutchinson gonna be the most yes. like more important I do think he I, I mean Again, so you could be okay with like the Panthers Hutchinson. picking him over Malik Willis today. No, I would no, not the okay. Panthers. No, no, that's the only under- answer to the question. Kyle Hamilton, he's going to be. He could be awesome, right? He could yeah, be awesome, not, not but more important than 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 the quarterback. Evan Neal, uh, very important. Love him as a player. Um, if it isn't Malik, it's probably him. If I'm if I'm being real, is it him or that guard? If it's not Malik in the first in me. the very first pick of the draft, that's what it would be either them or Malik. Okay. The other thing I would like to point out too, if it's not a quarterback, what you also have to believe is that this year is a rebuild year, like fully. Like right. at the end of the day, and what I mean is, is like a rebuild into the rebuild. Like we're not close to be in the building stage yet. We're in the demo stage because I'm telling you this is that if you walk into this season without, with Sam Darnold at the helm, or okay, you really want to bring up Baker Mayfield or Gardner Minshew or pick your name right here is that those guys are all band-aids, bridges, and temporary plugs in a leak until you get a solution. 
And without drafting a quarterback, that solution is just on the horizon still. So what you're trying, if you're going to tell me this is that this isn't a good quarterback draft and we need to wait till next year, you also need to be prepared to be a top five pick next year or be ready to trade to get into that. Because if you're at nine again, what do you do? Do we have this same exact conversation? Where we're like, oh, I'm happy that you mentioned that too, because it, it, it boggles my mind how many Panther fans I hear say this thing. Uh, run it back with Sam for another year and then take Bryce Young or CJ Stroud next year. And it's like, dude, what are you even talking about, man? You're not guaranteed to even be in a draftable position to grab either of those guys next year. And it goes back to the point, David Tepper is not going to let Sam Darnold be the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers in 2022. Right. There is no way that that you is think going he to be. happen. I, I think mean, he should hey, be. we might, like we might take think Malik. that he should, but he's not going to. I would like to take Malik or Kenny Pickett. I don't care. You pick your, you pick your name. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be great. I just don't know how you can walk into this season again with Sam Darnold and PJ Walker and say anything but Matt Rule, sorry, bro. We might as well put a bullet in you right now. Right. So if that's the case, and then on top of that, even if we went and get, I don't even know what the best solution is. Pick your best solution. We're going to talk about Cam in a second. I don't think that's even the best solution. I mean, there is nothing out there right now that can save Matt Rule's job and even the 2020 season except for hope. That's the only thing. Because think about this. is mediocre, bad. It means Matt Rule and everybody's gone and that it's completely over. The only potential savior of anything right now from this Matt Rule era is hope. And hope would be getting an exciting potential player that you think that could be the dude. And I don't think you're going to have that if you get a left tackle. Sorry, impossible. Like, all right, well, guess what? We're not going to win this year, and that's fine. But you better be ready for the tank, folks, if that's the case. Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett both give you a sense of future. Right. Is that this is that you would say this even look, even having one of those dudes sit on the bench would give you all. Well, don't worry. Just wait till we get Malik in. We're going to be heading in the right direction or even Kenny Pickett would give you that. And if you would be excited about Kenny Pickett in the second round, you should be equally excited about him at six. Because we don't got a second round pick. So, which means we got to give up something. So, I don't even, I'm telling you. And you know what? I would pick one of these quarterbacks in the first pick of the draft, regardless. Unless you are, you should have just fired Matt Rule. And if you wanted to pick that tackle, if you want to pick Evan Neal, I would say this we should have just fired Matt Rule and brought in a new coach and said to him, look, we know it's a poor QB class. So, we're going to build strong this year well hey listen i'm telling y'all as sure as i'm sitting here right now the panthers are drafting a quarterback y'all i mean people want to continue to talk about o-line 
and maybe maybe but i'm i'm telling you man david tepper is not going to let sam Darnold be the starter i'm sorry he just isn't i mean there's a better chance that cam newton i think would be the starter next year. well all right since you bring him up let's talk about that is um that sheena quick has um per source said that Cam Newton has been contacted by the Carolina Panthers, that they've held conversations about him returning. Someone tagged me. I said twag me. Tagged me on Twitter and said that Panther Panther Nation podcast has a source of a source that has all but confirmed that they're, like, ready to give him a contract. It's just Cam waiting to see how free agency will, will unfold. So there's the the other idea is this is all right. So say you do that, say you go in and bring in Cam Newton or even Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like, what do you do? No, and I don't want to talk about the quality of what that's gonna. You don't believe that that's gonna be, um, a long term fix by any means for either any of those players, any of the options that are available. So what do you do then at the sixth pick? Do you pick another offensive lineman? Or even at six, would you still think about potentially drafting a quarterback to sit behind that Jimmy G, Cam Newton, or Baker Mayfield type player? I mean, uh, what options do we have? CK, what options do we have, man? It's like that's why why I'm trying to get people used to this idea that the Panthers are going to pick either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett because your your options are getting narrow and narrower by the day. You're yep. essentially left with Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, or Cam Newton. If you're talking about Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, keep in mind that you're talking about trading away picks. You're talking about having right, to give right. up which, Yeah, which we don't want to talk get, about that. Yeah, exactly. And by, and by the way, Baker Mayfield – so uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield were drafted one and three in 2000, I believe it was 18, whenever they – or 17, whenever they were drafted. Uh, Baker Mayfield is on the same contract as Sam Darnold. So <laughs> yeah, the same thing. You would be trading for another quarterback from the same draft class worth eighteen million dollars. Oh, and by the way, you only well, that's have cheap, him for though. one that's year. Cheap, though. That's cheap, but though. But that's all you would expect him to do. That I know it's not a good idea, and I don't advocate it. But the only thing that is interesting about it is how cheap he's at. like. So you want to talk about Sam Darnold? He was expensive last year. You can't get Baker Mayfield for a six round pick right now, probably. But I'm not saying that's the answer. I don't think that's the right way. I don't want to give away assets. Right. But what I'm trying to make the point is, is none of those guys seem like a solution solution, right? They were just another iteration of the Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and whoever. This is why I don't want to bring Cam back. I feel like that the Carolina Panthers just use him like a hoe. And they just booty call him up and make him go out there and do this under the worst circumstances of all time. On top of that is that if we did draft a quarterback this year and Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, 
the first time Cam Newton starts stinking or we have questions about his shoulder, is Matt Rule just going to sit him down and be like, you need a break and then bring out, you know, it's just like, I don't want Cam. I feel like we've already shamed Cam and too much, treated him too poorly already. So I I just want, if he came back, it would, I just would want him to do well. It would be disappointing if he didn't do well and was part of all of that story. And I feel like it would be Carolina exploiting him. That's what I don't like about the Cam Newton thing. And on top of that, you would have to draft a quarterback. If you brought in Cam Newton, that's again what you're saying. The people that say, oh, let's um, let's bring in Malik Willis and let him study behind Cam. At the same time, you're still drafting a quarterback and you're still then going to have a point in the season potentially where that controversy becomes a feature of discussion. Now, somebody in the chat room said this, Cody, is that, well, the answer is trade back trade back and you have to have a dance partner partner to train back but with the situations we'll put this up real quick is that the unfolding of the nfl quarterbacks like i guess uh carousel matt ryan heads to indianapolis mariota goes to the falcons which was clearly another stopgap measure The Washington Commanders were able to get Wentz, but not entirely out of it. We saw the Detroit Lions potentially looking for a quarterback. Even the Houston Texans could be put in that conversation. And you even mentioned the Seattle Seahawks. So there is quarterback demands right now. Um, And if the trade back scenario is a legitimate one, the trade back partner might be a team that's trying to trade for quarterback. And uh, so should Pittsburgh be seen as a trade partner potentially is like, if do you want, who's going to move up to six for something other than a quarterback? Uh, I mean, the Steelers have shown that, that they're willing to do it a few years ago. They moved up like 10 or more uh, spots to pick a linebacker. I mean, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, they made it to the playoffs this year with an old, decrepit Ben Roethlisberger. Like, this is my point, right? If if you're not confident enough to take a quarterback, but you're confident enough to trade back and let an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers trade up to grab him, like, Panther fans, how many times are you going to be willing to watch a young, talented quarterback go and thrive at some other football team when the Panthers had an opportunity to draft him and didn't take a chance on him. Like, at, when are you willing to gamble on drafting a quarterback? I, I think it should be now. And if you're willing to say that you're going to, you know, trade all the way back to, you know, 20 or whatever, wherever the Steelers are picking, then it's like, Man, you must really think that you can do so much better by adding a second or third round pick to your roster. Like, none of them are guaranteed to have anywhere near the talent of a Malik Willis or even a Kenny Pickett if they love him that much. I don't know that they do, but still, man, it's not a franchise quarterback. Like, you're and and you're, you're risking not only just the talent, but the impact, right? 
Like, what position is more impactful on a team than a quarterback? There isn't one. You can't name a single one. Right. You can argue that, like, a cumulative effort by the offensive line is almost as important because no quarterback. But, like, not one single offensive lineman is going to impact the team as much as a quarterback does. Like, it's just the reality of the position. That's why it's the most coveted position in the NFL. So I agree with Cody's take. I mean, do you do you want to go back in the draft and then risk getting a guy who isn't at the same level of talent, who doesn't have the same potential, but, you know, again, doesn't cost as much up front, right? You, that, that's, a, that's a question you can ask. But I can tell you right now, Malik Willis is valued by a lot more than two or three different teams in the NFL at that top 10 pick. And they're eyeballing that right now. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next cat call and see where the fans hey, want real to quick, take. Before we go on to the next cat call, can I just say to Chris Caldwell, who keeps on spamming in the chat that Willis has bad work ethic? You have to verify that, dude. Yeah. Literally, no, no one, like, else, ex- no one yeah, else exactly. Says that. No one else says that about Malik Willis, none of his teammates, none of his coaches. That literally runs exactly opposite to everything being said about this young man. So, and everything we've seen about it, look, man, let's listen to him speak. He's the most yeah, well spoken sure. prospect I've heard. All right, let's go to the calls 252 228 5098. So, fellas, uh, second half of Corey's call. Um, I was on Willis at six. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too terribly pissed at it. I just think that's just a little high. Um, I, I, I just, I don't have any kind of, you know, studying or film or, or just anything that would, that would make me, you know, not take Malik Willis. Um, cause I think he can be good. I just don't, I don't see like, you know, top 10. This is pre top 10 oh. pick franchise quarterback material out of him. I don't really say any, out of anybody in this draft, but we kind of pigeonholed. We, 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 we kind of fucked ourselves the last two years as far as, you know, what we can do in the quarterback market now. Um, I just really think there's, there's only two ways. For, us, for the Panthers to fuck up what we've done this 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 offseason. That's one, Jackson Pickett at six. I don't want no Carson King Pickett. I don't want any I don't want anything to do with him. He's gonna be a fucking terrible NFL quarterback. This is this is Corey. It's fucking uh uh March twenty first, two thousand twenty two. Kenny Pickett will be a terrible NFL quarterback. He is not a first round quarterback at all. Mark it, put it down, book it, write it in blood, whatever you want to say. Um, so yeah, I think All right, thanks for the call, dude. Um, on top of that is, well, actually, I would say is I've seen the Kenny Pickett pick too often in the past, and that is the guy that is safe and good. Um, I, I, I don't want to say that Jimmy Clausen and Kenny Pickett should be compared together, but the same kind of rhetoric surrounded Jimmy Clausen, the same kind of rhetoric surrounded a Blaine Gabbert, the same kind of rhetoric. I would argue, well, Mitch Trubisky was kind of more of a physical mobile quarterback uh, or potential, but he only had 11 games he played. I've heard this for Blake, but all of these, whatever ready, the most pro ready quarterback, I've seen a lot of those stories come and go. Now, I am not also ready to say that Kenny Pickett won't be good. I think that very well he right. could translate into a very good, good quarterback. Again, Tom Brady, not the guy that tests out as the 
phenomenal quarterback, but turned out to be great. So I would almost be okay if Malik Willis was picked over ahead of us and the Panthers picked Pickett, I would not go nuts. So, you know, I would say this is I think we could work with this or I would hope we can. I asked a question, uh, put up a poll question in the chat, guys, on the YouTube chat. And I only was able to list only got a YouTube only lets us give four options there. So I would have loved to have put pick it up here too, but I picked the top four players minus one defensive end player. So an end player, I didn't want to put two defensive ends, but you have your pick of the top defensive end, the top safety, the top tackle and Malik Willis. Presumably one, it one, uh, a 50-50 shot at the top, you know, quarterback prospect. So. Yeah, if you were – yeah, so there is – exactly. There is an argument that he's not the top quarterback, per, uh, and that's Pickett. But at the same time, who would you pick? I want you guys to vote in that. Is you can't trade back, who would you pick right now? Or who would you pick in three weeks? Tell me this, and what would be the argument – I mean, you don't have to tell me this, and you can say it in the chat. You can call in at 252-228-5098 and tell me exactly why you think that that is the pick you would make, and you can't trade back. That's the rule. So and that what, what that also signals is this, is that if those choices were available at six and you can't trade back, that you would also make that exact mm-hmm pick right wouldn't you if you would do it at one you would do it at six let's go to the next call 252-228-5098 hey boys uh baby rhino uh here in james uh monday uh march 21st um i'm sure we all know by now what's transpired uh with the deshaun watson um yep however if anything i'm just glad he's not in our division um, but I just wanted you guys thoughts because it looks to me like with all the stuff that we did in free agency over the weekend, it may sound like we are getting ready to draft a quarterback, uh, seeing that there's no other options in the free agency right now. Uh, sorry, Tony Garter, Mitchell, no, no, sir. Uh, so just your no, thoughts stop. on that, uh, and what, you know, could possibly be, uh, a rookie quarterback coming in and trying to compete with Sam Darnold and even mentioning the fact that since we're bolstering up on the offensive line, what you guys thought about them trying to start Sam Darnold day one. Thanks, guys, for everything you do. Uh, Stephen Hoagland yeah, in the chat says, Evan Neal or Tyler Linderbaum. Is it Tyler Linderbaum a center? Yeah. So we're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me you would pick a center number one overall? In this NFL draft, like if that was the pick you had and you're the Carolina Panthers as of today, Boast, we just saw, signed Boseman. That's what you would pick? I that's just want point, someone to. Uh, that's the I point want, of my question. I think I've cracked yeah. the nut here for the Panthers. But like my, my thing is this. To anyone who's saying uh, Sam Darnold should be our quarterback next year, like you have to make that make sense. Because that that's not how you build a competitive football team. Sam Darnold hasn't shown anyone that he can be a legitimate starter. 
you cannot go with just Sam Darnold as your starting quarterback next year and P.J. Walker as a backup. You're either mm-hmm. going to have to draft one or you're going to have to get one of these guys like uh, Fitzmagic or Minshew or, or, or whatever. You're, you're, you're going to have to do that. There is no way that Sam Darnold isn't going to be the starter for us going forward. Um, and then I, I really just like someone's going to have to make that make sense to me. Because I don't know why Matt Rule would do it. I don't know why David Tepper would do it. Fitterer would do it. It, it just it doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. Let's go to the next call. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? What's up, G? G Cavassier. Hey man, G? I keep looking on the internet and I keep seeing and I heard on uh this other podcast on my way home from work yesterday that Baker Mayfield There'll be a good team for him for for him to come to Carolina. What y'all think about that? I really don't want that damn dude. Agreed. I mean, because he's better than Sam Donald, but in the way he reminds me of Sam Donald. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit. We still got Cam, and a lot of people saying Cam was washed up and everything like that. I don't. I want to say that shit. You know what I'm saying? You give him a you give Cam a full off season to learn this daggone playbook. I think he'll do okay. Because I know the Panthers really don't want to spend a lot of damn money and everything. So give me your thoughts on that. And before I go, shout out to CK for that Oscar performance about David, about David Tepper. That shit had me dying on the <laughs> It was so good. Daddy, what you think about the new Batman movie, man? I don't want to see it because it looks kind of cheesy, but I can see that you're a Batman fan. What's your take on that, man? What's your opinion? Did you see it? Is it good or does it suck? <laughs> Keep out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sub in for Bat Daddy. Um, and the Batman is worth seeing. It's long. You need yeah. to go ahead and strap in and prepare yourself for it, but it's entertaining. Like, it's very good. It competes with, if you liked, if you think any of the previous Batmans were very good, and I think there's an argument for two of them being great the 87 or 89, 87 Michael Keaton. Jack Nicholson version, and I think The Dark Knight Rises, those two can be considered... If you think either of those are really, really good movies, then you, I think, will be happy and pleased with this one. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, guys, is um, if Baker Mayfield came to the Carolina Panthers, I wouldn't be the most upset person. And what I mean by that is I would root for him I think that he would be kind of like a Teddy Bridgewater with that I might like a little more. You know, is like a, it's like a little more heart and soul to him. And I don't know if that's the case. I just kind of get you see that stupid where he did the giddy up and then he dives out of bounds and stuff. Like I would think that if Teddy Bridgewater, his thing is that he's boring. Baker Mayfield at least could be somewhat entertaining, even if it's infuriating. <laughs> so I wouldn't be completely upset. I just don't think there's any reason to give away assets for him. I think that's like kind of a lateral move from Sam Darnold, like a little Baker lateral. Mayfield, Baker Mayfield was holding back the Browns. Oh, yes, he was, but he's also the guy that made the Browns relevant at the same time. 
to a certain. I mean, he was part of. If you want to say that they went eleven and five, he was part of the eleven and five season or whatever. He was part of so, it, but I don't think he was the most integral part of it. Okay, no, no, but he wasn't. Like the Browns needed their quarterback to bail them out of a tough spot. Baker Mayfield was never able to do it, so I, I would be upset because anytime that you're getting money, that you're you're trading money or picks or players. None of us are under the illusion that Baker Mayfield is going to be a franchise quarterback going forward. Agreed. Or else, Agreed. Or else, or else 100% Cleveland, agreed. Or else the Cleveland Browns wouldn't have given up uh, wouldn't have given up for Deshaun Watson. So right. I, I mean, knowing that he had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, dude, his pocket mechanics are, are still terrible. He was the number one pick in the draft, and yet he has this chip on the shoulder mentality like it's me against the world. No, dude, you're the guy. You're supposed to be the number one dude, and you've yet to live up to well, that. He was also overdrafted. He's also on every commercial known to man. They're good commercials, too. They're good commercials. He's a better, he's a better commercial actor than he is. How about this? Um, people are asking about Matt Corral. And uh, what's interesting to me is that somebody earlier in the chat room said uh, that Malik Willis didn't have a good work ethic of course that narrative is always going to sneak up for this type of player smaller school minority athletic i think this is that his brain is the most attractive part to him of him to me his personality his demeanor so i i don't think those tropes can work but at the same time people are saying that uh malik willis you should be concerned with him uh because of his work ethic. Well, then how about this? Matt Corral, Matt Corral beat up Wayne Gretzky's kid in high school and got kicked out. I'm pretty sure that isn't that the Mississippi State, dude? <laughs> yeah. Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole Miss. Yeah. So here, I mean, and what I mean by that, I'm not trying to demean Matt Corral because of one incident in his life not being a good pick. But if you're okay with picking – Matt Corral at 28, then you should also be comfortable with picking Malik Willis at six. That's my point is that I'm not saying one or the other will work. I'm just saying like, what would you, it's not absurd. Um, and your and thoughts. also, well, uh, I, I put this comment up on the screen from Chad, how I'm just not sure rule is going to rest his career on one of these guys in the draft. Okay, but my thing is this, Chad, as <laughs> How opposed can to not? what? Yeah, How like can what else? Like, but his, his options are is Sam Darnold for another year. And a or, tackle. Uh, yeah, but I'm talking at the quarterback position. Right, but like if that that's the point, is this, is you would get a tackle in the draft. If you draft a tackle – or even if this, if you if you trade back and still you draft a center and a linebacker, you think that all of a sudden adding a first rounder, a mid first rounder, and an early second rounder are going to save Matt Rule's job? Yeah, that's no way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. And Matt Rule's best option was Deshaun Watson. And now I mean, his honestly, next best option is drafting a rookie quarterback and him being a sensation. It would appear that like that's way. the only thing that can work. And is that 
Well, I mean, drafting a rookie quarterback. Let's say Matt Rule sucks next year. Then you have a pitch for whoever your next coach is going to be. I mean, you're going to have a quarterback that that you're going to be able to interview these guys and say, look, you know, who wants to try and get the most out of the young guy that we just drafted? Similar to the Bears. Or Or think about this. What if Kenny Pickett comes in at the bye week and reels off five wins and we get to seven or eight wins? after whoever you have gets hurt or something like that in the beginning. And then all of a sudden you have a defense that you think, oh, you can be like, oh, we can win with this defense. And we just had a rookie quarterback that won us five games. We're going to stick with Matt Rule and stick with the process. There's only one way for Matt Rule to survive, and that is for him to win. And there's no way to win right now with just drafting an offensive tackle. Like that will help yeah. you win in the long run. It certainly will. And getting an yeah, extra pick. Yeah, like Matt Rule's got one year. He has one year. And so if if you don't draft a quarterback in the first round, he's a dead man walking, bro. Dead man walking. Yep. And he might already be, for all we know. Paul bro. Yep. Next call. What's up? Guys? Cover me for a second on How's this, please. Going? Nick. You guys are enjoying this Tuesday night. Uh, well, so they obviously restructured Chris McCaffrey, which means that he is most likely not going anywhere unless if we want to pull something similar to the Falcons. Ooh, was that a little too soon? My bad. Um, but anyways, so I was actually out pheasant hunting with my dad today and nice. he has a bird, bird dog, you know, dogs only a couple of years, uh, probably about a year and a half, two years old. And uh dog hasn't finished all his training yet or anything like that. But, you know, I was talking to him about his last bird dog that he had and the comparison between the two. And he's like, yeah, you know, this one, Ramsey, he, uh, he drops the birds a lot. Now I'm looking at, I'm looking at the dog as he's actually coming back with a bird in his mouth and he gets like three quarters of the way back and he, Drops the bird, stops, picks the, bird, picks the bird up again, keeps coming, drops the bird again one more time before he gets back to my dad. And he's like, yeah, you know, if if he does this whenever he's in the final test of his training, then they'll fail him and they'll have to retake the test. And I was thinking, can he pick it? Small hands, okay? If. If the, I honestly think that what the problem is with my dad's dog is his mouth just isn't opening up wide enough and he can't, or it's not necessarily that he's not opening it up wide enough. His mouth is actually too small to clamp around the bird entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who's against something, like, I'm sorry if this is, you know, triggering you or whatever, but it's a fact of life. So, anyways, um, and it's just like, wow, okay. Kyle Allen, small hands, Captain Fumbles, okay? Do we really want Kenny Pickett with his tiny hands? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go with Malik. Go with Malik. Resign Cam, and that is the way of the future. Keep pounding, boys. Keep pounding, you know. But maybe if it was inclement weather, too, the water was causing those uh, pheasants to just Slide out of his mouth like a football out of <laughs> Kenny Pickett's wet hand, you know. 
Maybe he needs a mouth glove for his uh for his dogs. Um, yeah, listen, I, I'm I'm on that train, man. Uh, CK, I mean, I, you know, I, I hear Tony when he talks about not wanting to put Cam Newton through another year of of hell just because that's what we're used to. But the fact of the matter is, and yeah, maybe I'm too biased. I would rather put a little more faith in Cam Newton with an off season. Right a training camp, uh, you know, preseason football with an actual, you know, time to, to get him ingratiated into our offense, right. a part of a part of what we do. And it doesn't matter if he is or isn't successful because we're only going to be running him for another year or two. So this isn't yeah. some long-term deal for all the people that are done with Cam. This is literally just until Malik Willis is ready to play NFL football. And by the way, you saw with Justin Herbert, too. Maybe Malik Willis isn't as far away from being ready to play as we're all making him out to be. That's what I think. Is is Kenny Pickett that far ahead of him? From a... No, no. I mean, no. Is that if you were... If in an ideal situation, you would still kind of put Kenny Pickett into a good situation into a Patrick Mahomes like in theory, right? If you had the best in the best case scenario, you get a a top quarterback like a Jordan love and behind the Aaron Rodgers, Right. And you think that you try to make him into something. So even Kenny Pickett, you would, there's a learning curve there. So by by you saying that the better quality is they're more pro ready, what are they six weeks more pro ready? Well, you asked a good question. Like, how much more ready is uh, Pickett than 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 Willis? And the the benefit is that Pickett was under center. He did take snaps from under center. Um, you know, he did have a, a, a more of an NFL uh, a playbook that would more closely resemble what he will be asked to do in the NFL. Right. Again, just because Malik Willis hasn't been asked to do a lot of it doesn't mean that he can't. Again, when you talk about a high IQ guy, like we do know him to be scored a 32 on his wonder lake is, you know, incredibly young, eager and willing to learn. I, I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, but with the type of work ethic that this guy has, it, you know, he could very easily take a jump forward that people aren't expecting him to make very early on. I mean, he I might agree. be comfortable doing that stuff. And our offense doesn't have to be complicated, man. When you have Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, you have enough talent to be able to affect every level of the football field. Right. You don't have to make some deep, intricate playbook to make that cast of characters work. You just don't. Yeah. My biggest, well, my, go, ahead. go ahead. My biggest thought on this is if number one, do we, we've already established. And I think the, am I cutting that in and out guys? No, no, it going? might be me. Okay. I just see Tony glitching around. I just making sure it wasn't my system here. Um, but, uh, but d- d- basically at the admission of even the coaches, Sam Darnold is not a leader, right? We already know that, right? right? And we can already, we already kind of agree that Sam Darnold isn't the answer. He isn't going to be the quarterback that everybody was hoping he's going to be. He's had too many opportunities on too many different teams 
with too many different offensive schemes, right? Um, and so, I mean, there's there's th- that part you got to take into consideration. So do you want a new quarterback to learn under a guy who doesn't know how to be a leader in Sam Darnold, who hasn't proven anything in this league, or do you want a Cam Newton or, um, heck, mm, for that matter, uh, a Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, anybody like that that's had a track record of some sort of success in this league? Do you want them to show uh, somebody like that what it takes to prepare in the NFL, what type of work ethic, what it takes to be a leader amongst these guys in the locker room? Not just a matter of what people perceive as leadership, but a real and honest leader to where people are looking at you and saying, I want Cam Newton in this locker room. Cam Newton was that guy. And he he was even last year. He came in here in the middle of a year that was already kind of starting to go downhill. We were still in the mix, but we were in that in that race, right? He came in and he immediately went over a locker room. He immediately took over a leadership role. But, you know, unfortunately, the other part didn't add up. And if we can get somebody who sees what it takes to be a leader and they can have the on-field stuff connect, I think that part I like more than anything. Love it. Um, The number is 252-228-5098. We ask you that you support the show by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing, and the bell notification. We're here. Longest running Panthers podcast in our 10th season. Never missed a week. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Show used to be originally, I think, was Wednesdays at ten, because Mel Mayock was in Las Vegas, so we had like he had to we had to do it later. And the idea was to move up earlier in the news cycle to Tuesday at nine, which has uh, been our spot now for like eight years. So we appreciate you guys being with us, uh, calling to the show. You can support us. Look, indie content, bro. We're here making it. Smash the thumbs up, homie. Next call. Hey, guys. I just got a question. So who do you guys think that the Panthers are going to take? Um, if it's a quarterback, say they're going quarterback, oh. <laughs> who do you think they take? Do you think they take Pickett or do you think they take Malik Willis? That's, a, I, I think, think the question that we Pickett. all – that's but important to me. The, at the end of the day, you you can think of it like this. is that Should the Panthers – is one of these guys going to be overdrafted? Right. So that's what people want. The playing with scared money is, is that, oh, I'm scared we're going to overdraft this guy. Tell me, uh, um, tell me the safest quarterback that has won the Super Bowl. And, or let me rephrase. Or it depends. Good. Tell me a top 10 quarterback that is considered a safe bet. Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. So who's the number one quarterback? Who's the number one quarterback in the NFL? Tom Brady. Couldn't say a safe bet. He was a six-round pick. Yep. And then let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. Was not considered a safe bet. That was a risky move to move up for Patrick Mahomes. He was never considered. He wasn't considered that level of quarterback. Right? Then you go to Lamar Jackson. Stafford. Let's talk. Yeah, Matt. Matt. Matt Stafford might have been seen as a safe bet, but he was. He still had his risks involved with him. He was a. He was a top ten. He was a high highly drafted option. I think he was number one, wasn't he? Yeah, it was number one, but he also never won a lot at Georgia. Yeah, so you know he wasn't a winner like a lot. But all right, so like as a prototypical coming out of the draft, he has less questions around him than than Patrick Mahomes did. Right. Agreed. Okay. Will, will, well, who? What do you mean? Willis no. to Mahomes? No. Stafford. Who, who are you comparing? Oh, Stafford? 
Stafford and Mahomes yeah. is that yeah, you can say now you think Mahomes is awesome, and I'm probably cutting out. No, no, you're Am I cutting yeah, out. You, you were a little bit. You were freezing, but you're you're fine now. It seems. Uh, I think you sound. You look good. My my point is just this: is that out of the draft, is that yeah, it's one thing to talk about what a player has accomplished and what they have done, but what you would have done in that moment is my point. So if you had the choice between Stafford and Mahomes in the same draft with the same amount of information, I think Stafford goes number one. I don't know. I don't think no, I don't think so. So you, you would have picked that year, you would have picked Patrick Mahomes over. And Patrick Mahomes wasn't even the number one quarterback of that draft then. So then all right, who went ahead of him? Lamar uh no. Tell me uh, this uh, is uh, who did Lamar Jackson have concerns coming into the NFL? Yes. Yeah, that's why he was the thirty second pick in the first round. Justin yeah, Herbert. About someone that, yes. Yeah, lots of questions about accuracy. Aaron Rodgers. Throwing. Yes. Uh, yeah, throwing motion. Aaron Rodgers fell to thirty two. And Alex Smith was, or what, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Alex Smith was picked over him. All right, who's next? Who's next yeah. on the list? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, very similar to yeah. Uh, did uh, everybody say he was inaccurate? Fifty six percent completion percentage, small school from Wyoming. You know, Joe Burrow. Uh, All right, Joe Burrow was a consensus. Also, baby hands. He's got but the baby hands too. He was also in a weak class. So, uh, like at the same uh, time, is that. He was uh, in a class of quarterbacks where there wasn't a ton of top tier options. Can I make an argument and on that a front? Team that was very quarterback needy. How, but the other the argument on that is he was not a safe bet the year before, right? This is the dumbest comparison, by the way, ever. It's so I just want to good. tell you, it's just like no, the stupidest on, 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 thing, man. I almost so, gonna block you for that. Go ahead, CK. <laughs> so basically, the way I look at even the Joe Burrow situation, he had one good year at LSU, and he's one of the oldest prospects to come out and be drafted at the age that he was at that at the number one position. Right? True. He's an older. He's an older guy who was a who was drafted. Yeah. People forget that. Like, this isn't a scenario. Like, I still think that same thing applies to Joe Burrow because a year before LSU, he would have still been considered a not safe bet. And he would have been the same level quality quarterback that he is now. I got it. The only safe bet is the one bet that hasn't done shit yet. And that's Trevor Lawrence. Think about this. Dude, right? dude. It's like, that's the one where you say there's no questions. Like, that's the point here is that there is never a prospect except for maybe Andrew Luck mm-hmm. and Peyton Manning. And I would argue Trevor Lawrence kind of felt in that ca- fell into that category of praise. Like, he just can't fail. There are can't fail prospects. Who were those? And there ain't many of them. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was. Yeah, I said one. him. I mentioned him. Yeah, yeah Andrew Luck. Um, it's Andrew way, Luck, Peyton uh, Man. Who's the can't fail at quarterback prospect? Trevor Lawrence. And even. And this month, like calling this dude uh, Jamarcus, Jamarcus Russell is it's not even close. First of all, Jamarcus Russell was drank. He drank Robitussin to get high. He carried a camel back of Robitussin around. 
The only thing Jamarcus Russell did was play on a very good team. Did they win the national championship? I think they may have won the national championship that year. LSU. LSU. No, I don't think they did. Or they got deep or something. But he was big and giant. He was not mobile. He was just fucking huge. Yeah. And and then he could throw the ball on his knees 65 yards. And they was coming in again. Just people enamored. I'm telling you this. You haven't watched one thing about Malik Willis in the way he thinks about football, his enthusiasm, and all of that. That's the thing. Jamarcus Russell, the problem was is that he didn't (laughs) – it like he was just messed up. So it's the stupidest comparison that I've ever heard. So get that mess out of here. I'm just saying this, is that when is the perfect – quarterback no tony you're making a perfect point you're making a perfect point if you're sitting there waiting for the perfect quarterback prospect to fall in your lap that has no downside no risk associated with them you're dreaming that's never going to happen you either nut up use uh david tepper set of brass balls pick the quarterback that you like and draft them and yeah. if that's Malik Willis and he's there, forget the tape, forget the film, forget the deficiencies, believe in your football team, believe in your coaching staff, and bet on the future talent. My point being earlier is if you look at the majority of the quarterbacks that you would want on your team right now in the NFL, the majority of those people were projects, right? Yes. Every single, like the majority, have every single one of them been that way? No, right? Like when they were drafted, there were like there are those people that were considered can't be a bust, right, in the NFL. But if you look at the majority of those people that are in the NFL that could be on your team as a quarterback, be the leader, the, the majority of the people that you would want on your team were question marks. Yes. I think the what we kind of circle back to with some of this is, again, is how important a quarterback position is. That's just what I keep coming back to. Yes. Is that just continues to be a big deal until it's fixed. It's the problem. That's my point. The next point is that I think sometimes we can get a little misled in draft talk for two things. The first thing is, is like this value thing. It's like I could... Oh, well, sure, I could have bought that steak for $20, but I also could have gotten with these coupons a bag of chips, this and that, but I wouldn't have gotten the steak. So, yeah, you got a soda, a bag of chips, a six-pack of beer, and that's very cool. In fact, I would say arguably very fun and entertaining, but it's still you still didn't get the steak, bro. Right. Yeah. So like it's all like, oh, well, I would have picked this person here, but I won't pick him there. Oh, he's a 24th pick, but he's not an 18th pick. No way. Maybe if you give me a six round draft pick, then I'll think about it. So I think we get so enamored on that. And then the other thing that the pro ready crap. Pro ready. You hear this, I think uh, you could have said this with Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore, too. Right. Is that you're drafting them for what they are now rather than what they will be and can be. And that, I think, is silly because you're also then saying you believe they're kind of at their peak. Mm -hmm. 
It's like, this is like, and, and look, is that I knew right away, Calvin Ridley had a higher floor than DJ Moore. It felt like that at the time. The irony is this, is how about this? Is the irony is that dude ain't even playing football right now. Nope. And on top year. of that, so it turns out DJ Moore had a higher floor and a higher ceiling. So I, I think yeah. that I, I think that draft talk gets to that pro readiness is just about today and not about tomorrow. And I think again, how far ahead is Pickett? I mean, it's like is this. he just six games ahead? You know what I'm saying? Imagine if you just gave uh what if you just put Malik Willis, say Malik Willis went could go back to college and go play for Tennessee next year. Would you all of a sudden say a year later he is a much better prospect? You know what? That's a damn good point, Tony, <laughs> because the two the two guys that people keep wanting to wait a year for for next year's draft, uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, physically, I think Malik Willis is comparable or even better than both of them. It just so happens that both of those guys play at Ohio State and Alabama, respectively. But physically, there's not a lot that those two guys can Only, do. I'm on to it. Malik, I'm on fire Malik tonight. Willis can't do. You have to be willing to draft one of these guys without having, a, a, you know, insurance on them in case they bust. You have to nut up. You have to trust your evaluation, and you have to go and get the guy. And to all the millions that? of articles that are going to come out about how you overdrafted such and such. Well, look at all those articles about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, and look at what they, you know, how they look now and how they sound now. They look dumb. Rome Dog says, "Who takes average quarterbacks at six? I would ask this: Is who takes average defensive tackles at eight? The Carolina Panthers do. Hey, yeah, like, the- I mean, like so, like I mean, all right. Is that what we're just saying? Is this is they're not the best quarterback you've ever had? Is this oh? So let's get a top. T- How many top ten corners have come out and not done shit?" You think Denzel Ward all of a sudden is so much better of a pick than Kenny Pickett? How about this? Do you think that the Cleveland Browns, if they didn't land Deshaun Watson this year, would be willing to trade Denzel Ward for Kenny Pickett straight up? I think they would. And, Tony, you had a point you made uh, maybe even before we started talking on the podcast about if, if you would pick Malik Willis at 15, like if you're at 15 and you feel like you could, you would pick Malik Willis because you think he has the potential to be a good quarterback. If he's a good quarterback, it doesn't matter if he's at 15 or five. It exactly, exactly. So whether or not you have the 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 uh, the like, if we were if we had just the 15th pick, nothing like trading back, getting extra assets, all that stuff. Take that out of the equation. If you were at 15 and you would pick Pickett or you would pick Willis at that point in time. That doesn't mean that you think that they're going to be a bad quarterback because you're still drafting them in the first, right? And if they turn out to be a great quarterback, it doesn't matter whether they're drafted at 15 or if they're drafted at five. They were considered a good quarterback, and it was worth the pick. That's my only biggest thing right now is we're not going to be able to trade back and get another first-round pick on top of another first-round pick. So we're not going to – like, even if we did trade back, right, the value to right, trade back yeah, really and then you still it. have to commit to a tank mode. 
yeah. you still have to commit to this is that this is a slow process right which is fine i'm okay if that's what you're willing to say but you also have to be willing to say that matt real matt rule will not be part of that process and whoever is playing quarterback this year will not be part of that process and that that process will not be secure in a good direction until you find a coach and a quarterback. Right. So at this, like at the end of the day, you're kind of in the same position. You might be positioned a little bit better, but you will not be positioned better. If you're outside the top 10 next year, the worst, imagine this, imagine being the 14th pick next year and having all these great quarterbacks out there. What are you going to have to do then? You're going to have to trade up. So I don't know if these quarterbacks are the option, but I do think it could be malpractice to pick a safety over a quarterback with the current situation that the Carolina Panthers are in. And so this safety that everybody's talking about is a generational talent, and he very very may well be. Jamal Adams... Adams was talked about in the same breath just not too long ago. The Seattle Seahawks, in fact, traded two first-round picks for him. And I'm just sorry. I just don't know if Kenny Pickett will be the guy. I don't know if Malik Willis will be the guy. And there have been a lot of busts. But I just don't know how you can pick a different position and still think that you're ahead unless you just say tackle and we're going to the drawing board again. We're going to go to the draw. That means you are out. Right. Yeah, you might as well fire Matt Rule right away. Yeah. Again, if you're doing that, you know, Matt Rule is dead on arrival. Dead. Yeah. And they, uh, Jeff R says you can't draft a quarterback with the sixth pick if he's not ready to start week one. It literally happens all the time. People forget that Justin they Herbert. They traded for Trey Lance last year. Yeah. Gosh, and the people were they idiots? Justin Herbert. People forget that Tyrod Taylor was supposed to be the starter over Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert was drafted yep. sixth overall. Josh so Allen it, was uh, yeah, what, Josh had Allen. Nathan Peterman ahead of him, I think, yeah. in the depth chart. Like, Patrick Mahomes had... Kyler uh, Murray uh, turned out to be all right. I just feel like this is... I, I think that's playing scared so much. I just think it's so scared. You're playing scared. Yeah. And I we should have done that earlier. So, yeah, if you wanted to draft an offensive tackle, like we, we should have done that last year. Think about that. That's what we really should have done last year. So you're talking about basically right. repeating last year is yeah. instead of picking a quarterback there, you're going to pick the this top. Imagine picking that safety and you go, well, he's just the best player available. Well, that's just like getting um, J.C. Horn. And J.C. Horn made her team a lot better, but he still left a central question unanswered for our organization. And that is, what the fuck are we going to do in the future at quarterback? Yeah. Like, that question is unanswered. And don't give me this crap. I want to draft a guy in the third and hope he works out. I think this is I'm with a quarterback is either you believe in him or you don't. They don't give these guys a lot of time as it is. They don't even give first-round picks three or four years to prove themselves. So if you get a third-round pick, you're trying to tell me, oh, we're we're banking on him in three years? Come yeah. on. 
that's going to be a completely new organization by that point. He will be a casualty of war. Those scenarios are far and few between. 252-228-5098. Well, I'm really glad that we didn't take Watson either because we can focus more on building the team. To me, we were not a quarterback away. We still have to build that O-line, and we still have to shore up that defense some, even though it Mm-hmm. Did look impressive. I gotta wonder what will we do in the draft. I'm for taking a quarterback only if we're gonna sign some free agent um help on the O line, but if we aren't we should definitely take uh somebody that could help the O line in the draft. Was that the end of the call? I think so. Yeah, I mean, dudes, uh, I, I think all of all the signs and I think if anyone on this panel thought differently, they would have no problem speaking up about it. Um, unless you hear the Panthers trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, unless you hear them trading for a Baker Mayfield or a Gardner Minshew, uh, the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time because it's such a big move to draft your, you know, your quarterback of the future. That's a big deal. But, um, you know, I, I think when you look at all of the moves that we made in free agency, I really don't think this is a bad team to land on if you are a rookie quarterback. How about this, you guys? If you're Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, I think there is enough talent on offense that his job doesn't have to be held. In fact, they could have a Matt Jones type of season this year on the Carolina Panthers if we add adequate protection and give them enough time. Which we've already started to, to be honest. Right, that's what I'm saying. To be honest is right now is that we may have the best offensive line that we've had on paper going into a season. We're one left tackle away, and that could be 15 years. That could be Christensen as well, like – like we yeah. could have a pretty complete roster, and I agree with that. I think that if you look at the offensive line, it is it is leaps and bounds better than what we saw last year. We you can't look at this and say it's not. You can have concerns, and you can say we've sure. that before. You, not have depth. you could say that there could be injuries, yeah. But at the same time, is Boseman is better than Paradis, and better than whoever we actually had to put out there after Paradis got hurt. Um, Christensen's better than Cam Irvin. Who's this guard? Corbett is better than John Miller. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very simple. I mean, so like we are improved there, and Christian McCaffrey coming back, right? Hopefully, a yeah. a team that can find a way to integrate Terrace Marshall Jr. It's not the look. No situation is going to be great for a rookie quarterback. Period. But you don't even have to make that rookie quarterback start from the beginning. But I promise you this is that this is why I don't want to bring Cam in. You bring Cam in. No, yeah. You bring in Cam. It's for the fans, bro. It's for us. It's just to pull at our heartstrings and to make us love Carolina because we love Cam Newton. But at the the end of the day, ends up getting hurt. He goes out hurt and injured and the Panthers his story kind of ends on a sad note. 
right? Injured again. Mm-hmm. It's the whole kind of storyline of the back end of Cam's career. Then what if Cam has two off weeks in a row and you've got a quarterback that you're excited about, that you believe, um, and Matt Rule's trying to save his job? You think he's going to be like, oh, well, you know what is that? It's not all Cam's fault. No, you know, we've, we've seen that. So whoever the quarterback that starts the season, if they are a rookie, which I don't think they will be, you can fill in any name. Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't give a fuck what the name is. They will not be the quarterback in 2023. Right. But like, but when it comes to Cam Newton, though, this is why I disagree with you. It, in order to believe that, you basically have to believe that Cam Newton has nothing left in the tank. Right. And if you believe that... Well, then we're going to be good, then. Then we're going to be good. If you believe that he has nothing left in the tank, you're basing that off of two different seasons where Cam didn't have an offseason, didn't have a preseason, didn't have a lot of time to learn the playbook, didn't have a lot of time to get set, didn't have a lot of quality protection, didn't have a ton of time to get the football downfield. I'm inclined to believe that if you give Cam Newton all of those things, which I do think we're in a position to be able to give him this year, at least better than we did last year, I have no problem letting Cam Newton get another legitimate shot at having another year being... Sure, but what do you think the best outcome of that season would be? My point is this, is even... No, like it would be... um, He would not be the quarterback in 2023 for the Carolina Panthers unless they like won the Super Bowl. Like that would be the only, like, I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is this, is that we would just be using cam period. And despite how good he played or how poorly he played, it wouldn't be a good ending, dude. But, but no, no, I disagree because aren't you giving cam an opportunity to put his best foot forward for another team that might be looking to sign him down the road? Like if Cam wanted then to that him. means we're in such a good spot that Matt Rule is the coach in 2023, and we're confident enough in Matt Rule, Ben McAdoo, and Kenny Pickett going forward. That's what that would mean because that, that would what what it's for this to end happily for everybody. Cam would have to play great, and the Panthers would have to be in a better situation. There's no way. Is that what would what? most likely could happen is that even if Cam played pretty good mm-hmm. and the Panthers stunk, it wouldn't end in happiness. But is it all that secondary, though? Like, no, it's not, man. It's no, fuck that, it, man. It, We've already hoed Cam out enough. But you don't think that Cam Newton could actually make something happen? With some protection and the weapons that we have around him. Well, sure. But then, you know what? Then we're in, I think this, then that means that we're starting to have the question of, well, should we run it back with Cam? No, no, no matter what no, happens. you can't if do this, that. It can't no, be a... You're breaking, you're breaking up pretty bad. If he goes, now, uh, we don't want to go back with Cam. 
you're 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 like really breaking up like yeah. kind of freezing bad. You might <laughs> want to come back in and come back out. Uh, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is though is that if you if you give Cam Newton an opportunity, do even the best case scenario. Let's say the Panthers go and they win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Then Cam gets the Super Bowl. But either way, you move forward with the guy that you drafted. Right. It it, it gives Cam that window of opportunity to be able to put good film on his resume. If he wants to play football past this year, every other team is going to be able to look at what he did his final years on the Panthers and make an uh, an assessment based on that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that would be a, a bad move, CK. And then it's like you're not completely dependent on any one of the quarterbacks. If Cam Newton starts to struggle, you still have Sam Darnold that you could put in there if you had to, and you don't have to rush Malik Willis to the starting job. And again, there's no guarantee, for uh, for example, that Malik Willis might not be more prepared to start than we're giving him credit for. So yeah. I, I, I think, think it could work. Okay. I, I, could, I see both sides of it, right? The part of it that I, that I, I agree with with Tony is the moment Cam Newton messes up, do you know yeah. that this organization and the coaching staff are going to be immediately moving on to the next thing? And it's going to make Cam Newton look way worse. And it could be like just completely disregarding what could be the real cause behind it. Even if it's not all on Cam Newton, Cam Newton is going to be the one that falls on that sword. And he's going to be, you know, held accountable to that. Whereas the other side of it, I get to where you're talking about. You know, if you were to sign Cam Newton, I think that can be extremely helpful, as I mentioned before, to to a new a rookie QB, whomever it may be. As some of these yep. guys are talking about Ritter and all these, there's there's plenty of people out there that that are are you know potential quarterback fits that could benefit from having a guy like Cam Newton above them. Um, and and like you said, I mean, if Cam Newton comes out and he's able to, if he has confidence in who he is and how he plays a game, then then I don't think Cam Newton has a problem with coming out here and playing football. Um, and Cam yep. Newton's already said he understands he might end up having to be a backup for another team. Um, yep. That part is, think, is mm-hmm. no. I mean, I, I'm just gonna. I was saying, I think Cam knows where where he's at football wise. He doesn't have a, a ton of tremendous opportunities left for him at this point in time. So, if you're Cam Newton, why not? You know, give yourself one final opportunity mm-hmm. on a Panthers squad that has been rebuilt with a better offensive line, with a better opportunity to put. You know, to to get the ball downfield, um, and, and then you know you mentioned Cam Newton always having to bear the brunt of the criticisms, but I mean it's like aren't we used to that at, at this point? Like everyone's going to blame Cam Newton, and right. he's the quarterback. I mean, rightfully so. It's like when you play that position, you take on all the burdens that come with it. Right. But at the end of the day, if you know, I, I don't see too many better options. Other than than Cam Newton out there, I right. mean, someone make a better case for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry, it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't make more sense to me. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a safer bet, and that you know you know how I feel about safer bets, right? Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is, and in, in, in he might be an upgraded version of Teddy Bridgewater, right? Uh, so I mean, I don't think that he's going to be the guy who gets you over the hump. I think we would have, you know. The thing is, when you look at what Teddy Bridgewater did for us, we were in every single game. 
regardless of whether it was all him or if there was a mixture between him and and you know defense and and offense right. kind of playing well, whatever it may have been. But nonetheless, we were in every single game for the most part within a within with an opportunity to score at the end of every game. And there's something to be said about Jimmy Garoppolo being in those situations and actually pulling through. Like he had one of the best fourth quarter, you know, quarterback ratings um, in the NFL for you know multiple years at a time, right? So I think that there there is value there. But again, I I don't know that I'm ready to give up a- assets for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo if you can sign a guy like Cam Newton to to you know again bridge the gap while while Malik Willis learns uh, the playbook or learns how to be a, a a pro, you know, professional football player in the NFL. Yeah. And then another thing that I think bears repeating is our defense is the same. But now that there's no Deshaun Watson trade, all those players that we were talking about having to get rid of, they're still Panthers, man. Mm -hmm. We still have uh, Jeremy Chen. We still have Brian Burns. J.C. Horn has been posting videos of him training, coming back, looking better than ever before. It's like our defense is not as far away. So if you add some more linebacker help, maybe some more defensive line help, like all of a sudden you have an aggressive defense, it goes back to what I was saying. You don't have to ask your offense to do some super intricate type shit. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is run the football effectively, get Christian McCaffrey open in space, pick your time to take shots downfield with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you also have guys like Terrace Marshall Jr. that have not shown the best of what they can do yet. So, you know, it's like I said earlier, CK, adding um, adding a quarter a rookie quarterback to this uh, football team, it, it's not the worst landing spot for one. Tony, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep, yep. I'm sorry, my computer is having an aneurysm at the moment. Um, mm. That's kind of it. It's like, not it. Like, we're going to finish the show via me like this. Sorry, folks. I'm sure my audio is not as good as usual. Or, you know, it's never good in the first, but in the next place. Um, right now, I think we're going to have to go on to the next topic. And hopefully I can get back in real quick and pull up the last final calls. Um, Cody, what are the people, what's next to talk about? And I know we've already been going a long time. So, man, I feel like we've covered a ton. Um, where do we go next as in the conversation to not just make it Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, um, and that? Yeah. So how about this? Um, and this happened right before we, uh, we went to go live. This was a pretty, uh, pretty big deal. Christian McCaffrey restructures his contract. Uh, they had twenty-four million before restructuring Christian McCaffrey. They're now up to twenty-nine million in available cap space room. I do believe this puts us um, with the most uh, salary cap dollars left to spend. So. Um, you know, it, it's not too far fetched to believe that the Panthers are not yet done with their free agent signings, and we might still want to add some players to the football team. Um, I know Tyron Matthew was rumored at one point in time. Um, who knows if that's still going to be something that they'll do? 
Um, but yeah, the, this is something that we've been waiting to happen. And it finally did. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been restructured. What do we make of this? I think it's uh, it. I think it opened up a, lo- a lot of different avenues, right? Uh, you know, if you look at that notification or that Twitter feed, uh, it talked about Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, cost, um, you know, salary cap hit. Um, I think it's that. I think it's just giving them some some freedom. I think that there's a lot of free agents out there. They might be looking to splash at least one of those left tackles. Who was it? Uh, is it the left tackle from the Bills, or who was it that that was uh, that that is said the Panthers were chasing after? Um, I can't remember the name, but but there's another left tackle. Uh, Armstead, who signed with the Dolphins, as well as Lel Collins, uh, signed yeah, with the one. Uh, Trent Brown is extended. I think that's Trent Brown, right? Extended. Trent with- Brown went to uh, went to the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, yeah, went back to the Patriots. Yep. Yeah. Oh, by the way, shout Wayne out Brown. to um, uh, Specter One Actual says uh, Codizzle Allen from uh, for president. Hey lads from Australia. Shout out to Spectral. What up, Spectral? What actually? Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. From down under. From down under. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, so what, what do we make of the Panthers freeing up more of Christian McCaffrey's space, though? Like, you know, it, it kind of leads me to believe that we have some more moves that mm-hmm. that we're looking to make. Now, clear. that Twitter post uh, says Jimmy Garoppolo because we would have to eat $25.5 million if we did indeed trade for Garoppolo. That seems to be terrible to me. But, um, yeah, man, what, what are we thinking this means for the Panthers? I just think it, it's, again, you know, I've – there's still a lot of question marks around that. Like when you see Trey Boston having hinted at us, uh, dra- you know, signing the safety. Um, well, no news on that has taken place since that happened. His understanding is it's still underway. Um, so <clears throat> if that is uh, a Tyron Matthew or, um, you know, any of those other big time free agents, I mean, I think this just opens up the the, the pocketbook to allow us to get some of these uh some of these guys in here who might not normally look at Carolina as a landing spot. Yeah. Tony, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm with my computer. I mean, I'm really just like, I just had to fully hard restart my computer. It sounded like it was going to explode. Um, oh, no. Yeah, here is that this is, again, this is what I think about this is that. Um, restructuring Christian McCaffrey's money is either making him more tradable, right? Um, which I don't think that is probably going to be the case or just more manageable. And it also means this is that you believe he's going to potentially be a positive contributor to the team. Mm. And if he's a positive contributor to the team, I just, I'm just trying to ask this is like, if we go nine and eight, this year where are we going to be next year are we going to be looking for a new coach new quarterback new all of this and this where i just circle back back and back is that if we draft a tackle which i would be fine with and i would have been fine with last year i thought drafting a offensive lineman would have been even more apropos last year than it is 
this year in some cases, in some ways, given the circumstance of our free agent signings. I just don't know what is going to be better. Like what we're going to, if we go 10, all right, so maybe we'll go 10 wins, 10 and seven. And uh, then you're talking about Matt Rule keeping his job and what? Trying to figure out if you're going to bring back Ken. I mean, so like to me is this, is like either this is this, we're going to have good returns this year, like very good returns or bad returns. And I just don't know how we do it with the Jimmy G. I just don't no. know. I just you know don't see how yeah. Jimmy G would make this team in a place that would make us any more optimistic about Matt Rule and the future of the Carolina Panthers in 2023. You know what I will say, though, is I don't know how it happened, right? But somehow, at the end of the year, we had the darkest and gloomiest idea about where the Panthers were, Right. And they were like, there's no way anything can be like we there's no way we can fix the abundant amount of issues. And there's still some things they need to fix. Don't get me wrong. But like it just felt hopeless. And then in somehow in a matter of two months, they found a way to bring us at least a good portion of the fan base back into the optimistic realm of the world. Right. And now, am I going to say that we're at the same level that the 49ers are? No, I think they have a clear in like a clear uh, advantage from coaching. They have a clear advantage from uh, the talent that they have on that team uh, and the team building that they've done over there. But Jimmy Garoppolo has been able to do things right. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't want him um, on the team. But to say that he's not capable of, and I'm not he saying this, what you're saying, but. The only thing he did was play on a team that had a historically good defense mm-hmm. in 20, what was that, 2017 or no, it was like 2019, whenever they went that last time. He has been at best a manager, right. at best a gay manager. And the one thing is he reeled off 13 wins straight. That's what he did. Right. And I don't think it was him. Real, like, yeah, he had some good games in there. I'm going to try to take that away from him. But, like, he w- wasn't really the reason. He was not the reason they lost because they didn't lose. But he won the real reason they won. I'm not buying them. I think this is I, – I think Baker Mayfield is better than Jimmy G. And I think that Gardner Minshew is better than both of them. I wouldn't say that, but – Garoppolo is injury prone. How about that? No matter what right. you think of him, you better think that he's injury prone because he unequivocally is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they, there's they, there's no debate in that too. And, and it's like, if you're gonna put Jimmy Garoppolo on this football team, well, you better be damn sure that you did rebuild that offensive line. It's another yep. Teddy Bridgewater moment. Yeah, it's yeah. another Teddy. Yeah, like I said. It's- it's a slight upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. I'd mentioned that a second ago, but it's that, an I'm over the hurt QB phase, right? I'm over that. Yes. Like we've, we dealt with it for way too long with Cam Newton. And I know we're a proponent of Cam Newton coming back for different reasons. I don't think he's going to be the same Cam, same Cam Newton on the field that I, I think we all would like to see. I think that that's been pretty clear over the past two years, but 
Um, I'm over that. I don't want Baker Mayfield, who's just now coming off of shoulder surgery. I don't want, uh, Gar- you know, uh, not necessarily Gardner Minshew. I don't know about his injury uh, history, but um, Jimmy G, rather, with his, it, like, it just, there's there's too many question marks, and I'm just over the injured players that we signed because maybe they're going to be good, right? Um, you know, it, it, it's tough because we have the same mindset with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Well, this year will be different. But it's like, how many years can we go and say that and not have that same mindset? Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. It's hard for me to want to get behind that. I'm ready to move past that and go to a guy who who's fresh, new in the draft and, and just roll the dice. If, this, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at this point in time, nothing else we've done has worked. So. And it goes back to your point, Tony. Why would you gamble on safe? Why are we trying to find the safest bet, the safest pick? No, let's go gambling, y'all. Let's take a chance on the most talented quarterback in the draft, and let's build our football team around him like we failed to do for Cam Newton. That's what I say we do. All right. Um, we flogged this horse. Um Hard enough. And I look, my computer had to do a full update. We ain't going to be able to get to the rest of the call tonight. And I'm sorry for those people that called in that we were not able to get to you, make it up to you, do a little bonus pod or something, play them calls the next day or so. But what's next in the football world? I mean, if you think about it right now, is that we have had the combine, we've had free agency un- unfold. Uh, we've had the Deshaun Watson saga um, come to a close. We now have had these two pro days. You're going to have Matt Corral and some of the other guys. Uh, but if you're not interested in taking Pickett or Willis at six, then these other guys, you're either trading back under some circumstances and maybe landing one or getting hoping that they fall late late so it's almost not even worth talking about what's the next yeah. i mean is there another wave of free agency here yes, yes. yeah this i is- mean the there, there's a bunch of players that are still yet to sign um and the panthers have dollars to be able that to money so. there, like you said with christian mccaffrey so do the panthers need to make a lot of moves if we're really just trying to play it safe, then you also don't want to overdo it, right? So then that next period doesn't matter. <laughs> That's my thing right here is like either we're kind of giving up or we're actually trying to like step forward. And I just yeah, don't I mean, stepping forward with a safe foot. There's pro days coming up. Uh, That's pretty much – that's about it. And then we're going to have the draft on April the 28th. That's coming closer and closer too. One month away, so, guys. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. man. It's um, it's it's getting exciting, um, and we're uh, j- just like I told everyone that we were not done with the John Watson conversations until we were actually done with them. I'm here to tell you, man. This uh, talk about drafting a quarterback. Not only is that not done, but we might need to be talking about the Panthers potentially even moving up if they felt it so necessary. Fans are going to freak out, say that Malik Willis isn't worth it, but man, you have to pay to play. And if you don't have a franchise quarterback, 
you're dead on arrival. And I yeah. do not see the Panthers and David Tepper losing out on their preferred quarterback for a second time in one offseason. I'm telling you, if you had the first pick overall in the draft, no strings attached, didn't have to trade up to get it, and uh, you could not trade out of the pick, who would be the player that you would pick for the Carolina Panthers? Not who is the number one overall pick in theory for any team, but who would you pick for the Carolina Panthers? And I just don't believe you're going to say a defensive end this year. I just don't think you're going to say that. So I want you guys to jump in the comments and tell me who is that player you would pick overall number one. And if you're not willing, if it's not a quarterback, to be honest, we should be trying to trade with Pittsburgh and let them jump up with us and they can pick their quarterback. Yep. So that's it. Um, all right. So that's pretty much the show tonight. My computer is going to take too long for us to get back into these calls. We're two hours and 30 minutes. We've talked about uh, free agency. We've talked about um, the pro days. We've. Is there anything? I don't think there's anything we've missed, really. What, what do we got to um, do? We got to ice up some fools. Yeah, yo, uh, CK, you got one on deck. You want me you to go, go ahead, first? Go All right, let me. Um, so, this is something that happened, um, that happened relatively recently. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a kind of, uh, kind of disgusting on one hand. Um, but it, it really just kind of speaks to the culture of, you know, the NFL and how these guys are just kind of viewed as a commodity rather than a person. You've probably seen this. Bucky Brooks put this out on Twitter. Um, so if you don't know, David Ojabo is one of the best pass rushers in oh, this man. class. He, he was the bookend to Aiden Hutchinson. Very powerful, fast, you know, really good first-round prospect. Michigan was doing their pro day, and he ended up hurting himself. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the clip first. Um, then I'll read, read everything. So he's going through the drill, and then boom, my man tears his Achilles doing the drill. So then watch what happens, man. He's on the ground in pain. This coach walks by him, goes to grab the football to continue the drill. Like this young guy isn't writhing in agony on the ground. Dude, this is another Matt Stafford moment. Don't defend this man. The the common decency thing to do what it, it would have been to check on that man and make sure that someone got to him much faster than they did yeah. i'm sorry but that's bullshit man and it and it only furthers this narrative that the nfl does such a terrible job of actually giving a damn about their football players they just don't they flat out don't 
Um, and, you know, you're not even going to show a bit of concern for him. It, it's just dumb to me, man. Yeah. So, uh, Bucky Brooks put, I know the NFL is a cold business, but watching the lack of concern or empathy from the scouts, coaches, and observers following David Ojabo's injury bugs me. Perhaps someone should have checked on him instead of grabbing the ball and moving to the next drill. Just a thought. And I agree with that, Tony. I mean, look, it, to just I, I move do agree on with from him, I agree with the point, but I just don't want to find the cherry picker guy that was not paying attention entirely. I'm not saying, yes, is that How the do you not know no, that no. he's on the ground writhing and that? I mean, but really, the dude looks at him like, while he's walking by like him. He's like the least important person on the field, probably. I'm not saying that he needs to be defended. But I think attacking him at the same time is a little. It's not even just him. Look at everyone around him. Look in the background. You see the moment he goes down and he's writhing in pain. People literally turn around and walk the opposite direction. Like I mean, you do see that. I agree with that. Like I I think that. And and Pat McAfee was talking about it today, and like they do talk about it's a cold business, and and you know it's it's. They've got it. They got a schedule. They got to keep. And I get that point. But I mean, dude, literally, just it's like walking over top of somebody, staring at him in the face. Dude didn't even try to make eye contact with the guy. Like he just picks it up and starts walking. And the opposite none direction. of them. It's not even just the dude who walks by him. Right. No one anywhere near or around him acts in the moment that he gets hurt. Man, not even the Michigan coaches. Absolutely no one. I mean, this man just lost out on millions of dollars trying to prove himself to be an NFL-caliber football player, man. It's like, dude, regardless of what he could have done, you should have done more. And it only hurts the NFL and uh, continues this narrative that these dudes don't give a fuck about the football players putting their bodies on the line to actually make a profit for these football teams. Yes, they get paid a lot of money, but this dude's a college player. He hasn't made any NFL money yet. And as a result of this, if he drops to the second or third round, you're talking about losing millions of dollars trying to better your career for these scouts who show you no remorse when you injure yourself. I'm sorry, man. It's fucking dirty uh, to all the people there. I I say ice up, son. I should uh, ice you up for virtue signaling. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my race up, and it's part spoiler alert. So, if you are dying to watch Worst Roommate Ever documentary on Netflix, um, pause for just a second. It's like a docu- documentary series. Yeah. Uh, on- different stories with different episodes. Yeah, so they're all individual episodes of murder mystery type, but they all happen to be roommates at some point. Well, this first episode, uh, Call Me Grandma, oh god, it's about this serial killing grandma in Sacramento in the 80s. Um, and they dug up seven bodies in her backyard, and this woman was like 58 years old killing she killed somebody who was like 208 pounds um the one thing i have my ice up goes to this is uh, in this entire show 
no one asked how the hell did this old lady carry these bodies out and <laughs> dig these holes. What I'm saying is this, is she turned out to be a serial killer that they convicted, charged, and all of this. I mean, it's clear. I mean, if she's she was part of it. I mean, I think she is the murder. I just don't know how you're going to tell me a 125-pound, 30-pound woman carried a 250-pound man outside, dug an eight-foot hole or six-foot or four-foot or whatever it is, and you weren't like, Jesus, like, why you got blisters up your arms and this and that? Like, sorry, I got one question. How the fuck did you get that fat ass, that big giant dude down these steps and in this hole with no one noticing? And I'm not even saying no one noticed it. Take that out. How did you physically do it? Why didn't they ask that question? There's a single question that went unasked, and that is my ice up. I don't get it. I don't get it. The whole time. You know, when you pick up something, you're like, oh, man, that's heavy as shit. Heavy yeah. as hell. And you're like, oh, I wonder how much it weighs. It probably weighs like 100 pounds. And you're like, <laughs> but dying. Like, and it's dead weight. Like, not yeah. to be, no pun intended, but like dead weight, too. It's not even like just like, it's like picking up uh, like a, a, a giant waterbed. Yeah, like, I mean, like, come on. I just don't understand. You look at her house, where this mess happened, how she had to drag them. Even if, Look, even if it's just in the backyard, do you know how exhausted you would be dragging my ass? I weigh 100. I, actually, I weigh 200 pounds. So you got to drag me out from the down the steps, dig this hole. If I did that myself, and I'm in pretty darn good physical shape right now, I would be on the verge of death, heart attack, and all of them. Right. This little old lady did this. I don't, I'm not saying she didn't kill these mugs, but how did no one ask who the fuck helped you dispose of these bodies? So that's my ISA, man. The yeah. theories and those lawyers, and maybe they asked it and they just didn't feature it in the Netflix series. And if that's the case, then ISA to the series. All right. I'll give you my last one, the last one of the night. Um, so, and this is going to reflect back on the whole, uh, Deshaun Watson saga, you know, that we lived in for the past couple of weeks. Um, my ice up is going to be multiple teams involved in this. Um, I think I've already done my fair share of icing up, uh, David, uh, Tepper in the video I created on the, uh, on the channel. So if you guys are interested in watching David Newton's reaction or David uh, Tepper's reaction to, uh, getting the call from Deshaun Watson, um, saying that we're no longer in contention, contention. This was prior to the actual decision to go to the Browns. Um, let's first and foremost talk about the first team that was listed as the number one uh, destination point for him. The leader of the pack was the Atlanta Falcons. You start to see all of these things come out to where when the moment that nobody expected came around, the first team he eliminated, the Cleveland Browns, like he told the first team he said, I'm not interested in coming to you guys is the first is the team he decided to choose, right? Um, so you start to see the memes of the 28-3 and all that stuff. Like the Falcons blew another lead. 
I talked about it on the Friday free for all. I could not have thought of a better way for that to end if we weren't going to get Deshaun Watson than yeah. it ending the way that it did. It felt almost as good as landing him, whatever, to have it happen that way. So to the Atlanta Falcons, who then not only in the process pissed off their own quarterback that they ended up having to trade to the Colts, now they you know, they didn't even get the quarterback that they were pining over, similar to what the Browns were going to be dealing with with Baker Mayfield. <clears throat> and then I'm also going to ice up the Browns. And there's – um listen, I, the – I'm this is a tough one because I think everybody has their mindset about this, everybody has their opinion, and I've been on the on the fence on, on a couple of different factors. But the reality is that Deshaun Watson's contract is ridiculous. Um in in over like for a guy who has a lot of question marks around him, um the 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 Cleveland Browns got fleeced, in my opinion. And it's gonna be hard to build a team. Can or keep that team built around that team right now the way that it is with those type of contracts that they're going to have to pay to all those superstars they have. Um, so I'm going to ice up the Browns for that, and I'm going to ice up the Browns fans who um, who were obviously who who wanted to have the same mindset of I don't want like after Deshaun Watson chose somebody else said you're no longer in contention. Fuck you know fuck you know him. We didn't even want him anyway. He's like a you know, and then the moment he picks, the, you know, the Cleveland Browns, you see them just like, oh my God, we got our guy. You know, it's it's like just that that again that, <laughs> that I guess the human nature of of like when a guy tries to message a girl and she gets he gets turned down, he turns into like, oh you you basic ass bitch anyway, right? Like that's that kind of gets that same vibe. So if you're one of those people who have an opinion about somebody, immediately turn that opinion around. Um, because they don't, they, they just, you know, dissed you, but then get right back in their DM saying like, but you're hot as hell though. Give me a shot. Right. That is, ice up to you guys. Ice up. Yeah. It's a creepy slimy situation. We're talking about is, um, and I think we did dodge a bullet. And again, I also don't want to, um, overly dispute that I would have been, excited about Carolina's potential prospects if Deshaun Watson was a football player for us. But to be honest, is um, it's nice to not have to deal with that moral dilemma and an ethical dilemma as much as the Browns fans have to do it. We still have to deal with it as NFL fans and human beings, all of us. But the, the Browns are the ones that sold their soul. And that man, there's a literal price they paid. That's the thing. It's just take the draft picks out of it. They paid two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed for that. And so, if it works, it will be worth it. If it doesn't work, it won't. That's the matter of factness of it. This is the C three Panthers podcast. I apologize for the craziness with my computer just going bonkers here and the or. You know what? Uh, I had I actually did have Photoshop open, hit film open, video program open. I had like 20 things and my computer needed an update. I think it just said I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> so hopefully it will be working because getting the settings and all of that back after, even if you get a new computer, which is exciting because you get new digs, just getting it all working and teed up is intimidating. So that's the T3 Panthers podcast. My name's Tony Dunn. 
Uh, host of the longest running Panthers podcast. I got two great co-hosts here, Cody Lasting in the house, man. How can they find your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, you can find all my written content at drafttech.com, where I am the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. And, um, yeah, man, that's uh, that's where you can find me. And every Friday uh, for the Friday free-for-all, uh, you can uh, be a part of the show and come on. Uh, I let everyone join the show that's interested in being a part of it. You can join the stream yard. It's a great time, man. Join the cult of free-for-all every Friday at 7 p.m. The show for C3 Panther fans by C3 Panther fans. Um, and that's basically it, man. That's how Pass, you the Pass the mic. Yeah, man. Codizzle Allen, man. You're a dude, you're uh you're on the short list of Oscar nominations if uh Panther Nation had their way, man. Where can they find you and uh tell them what uh what you've got going on? Uh yeah, you can find me on uh all social media platforms, uh and uh content absorption platforms such as Twitch, uh uh TikTok, YouTube, Facebook gaming, uh at Codizzle Allen. Just be looking me up. I'm pretty the pretty much the only person with a name that way. Um, so it wouldn't be hard to find me, but, uh, yeah, keep an eye on the, on the channel. I'm, I'm starting to really enjoy trying to create these high quality kind of, uh, short videos, short format, trying to create these like skits. I'm thinking about doing one, um, of, uh, of, of Matt rule reacting to Malik Willis's pro day and, and, and maybe, you know, having it be a phone call to his wife, uh, talking about how go ahead and get the, 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 Order the 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 new furniture we were wanting for the house because we're going to be staying in Carolina after watching this kid. So, like, I don't know. I'm thinking about doing some different stuff like that. So, keep an eye on the channel, and uh, if you have any ideas, definitely post that in the in the in the comments as well. Yeah, I want some people to battle me on shorts. Uh, if you're uh, if you're ready, if you think Tony is a fool, like Matt Rule, then jump on the YouTube shorts and battle me, man. I'll go after it. I'll, I'd like to do a little back and forth on this short content. Been having fun there. Uh, check us out at cat underscore chronicles on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are on all the major podcast platforms, but we're here every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. hanging out with the coolest mugs in the world. Code Cody, take us out of here. Until next time, Panther Nation. Keep pounding. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.